0: Them. Pick up your paintbrush. You know, get the beverage of your choice. It's time for episode 32 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast that is so Warhammer that even Archaon wants our mark. He may get it <laughs> one day. Who knows? <laughs> the mark of ruin. Uh, I'm interested. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm your host. Uh, let's call myself Watchmaster Matt. Mm-hmm. and joining me as always <laughs> a guy who riffs so hard that even noise marines go turn it down it's cameron <laughs> hey everybody <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i heard you're a bit noisy you know? yeah. like, turn it down oh, no, it's because bit- <laughs> uh, now you, you know you've moved into your your new place mm, you know you're just mm. setting yourself free now aren't you
1: yeah yeah living my best life uh competing with the neighbor's baby for- decibel levels you
0: know the usual nice i I was saying like i was saying to you earlier i can't believe it's been two weeks since we last recorded it feels like there's like a a lot has happened oh yeah no it's been (laughs)
1: ridiculous yeah like just just in my personal hobby life i've done a lot more in two weeks than i normally do (laughs) so it hasn't felt that long it's felt like i've done like a couple of months worth of stuff i'm like oh wait no it really has only been two weeks I finally it's did something scary, productive during the school holidays. I always yeah, say I will. Well, and I finally did.
0: <laughs> yeah, you went overboard, mate, really. <laughs> it's, uh, but you know, that's something for the hobby section. <laughs> I think we both <laughs> got some nice bits to talk about. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, so talking of sections and things like that, episode 32, um, obviously we'll cover our hobby stuff and obviously, Quite a bit in the news. Obviously, war cries dominating things. And then for the main lore topic, we will be doing an overview of those Space Marine Spec Ops, the Death Watch. And then at the end, talking to Warcry, we're going to have a discussion about that as well. So, all very exciting stuff. And actually, talking of exciting stuff, uh, mm-hmm. as of, well, a few minutes ago, because um, it's, it's the 20th of. July today, which is, means it mm-hmm. is AOS Day. So yeah. three minutes ago, that's started here in the UK. And I think, according to the community site, within the next half an hour, we will start seeing updates slash reveals mm-hmm. on the community site. So yeah, we're going to have another episode of breaking news just yeah. randomly dropping in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where, we'll see where, where it pops it up, up exactly. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. We'll just have to see. So all exciting stuff. Mm. Uh, right. Um, and before we... You know, kick on with the show um, big thanks to people that have given us a few nice five star iTunes reviews there's uh, a few that have popped on since last episode very grateful for those and obviously if you've not done so and if you believe we deserve it <laughs> go on go on to iTunes give us yeah. a review we'll give you an internet high five you know it's all friendly here <laughs> oh, yeah. um and obviously things like our the ways you can support us our social media etc that all be down in the show notes as well and lastly with our lovely brilliant discord server which is as always going really strong you can mm-hmm. join that for free come along and if you can you can ask us a question to discuss on the show and i have a question to give you Cameron, oh, so this yeah, is from <laughs> this is from three day pass, um, mm-hmm. and he says, in the northern hemisphere, we're smack in the middle of summer, a traditional time for get-togethers, grilling, etc. Other than the prone to excess slanesh types, which which group in the forty k universe would throw the best summer party? Ooh. Make the assumption you're leaving alive. Yeah, go Cameron.
1: Best, best summer party. Uh, I feel. Mm, who's, I feel that the sons of Ross know how to appreciate warm weather, <laughs> and so I yeah. think my gut reaction is to go space walls, a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I can feel that they're, you know, I suppose that you know they're <laughs> used to the cold weather, so they probably think, you know, what we're sick of this. Let's, you know, mm. let's get our beach bodies out. Yeah, let's take off yeah. our power armor. <laughs> let's get in the pool. Oh man, you know, get our beards yeah. wet.
1: Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine beach volleyball played by Astas?
0: It would. It'd be like a really jack, even more jacked up version of the one mm. off Top Gun, yeah. wouldn't it? Really, it would be, be like high. Fi- <laughs> it would be high fiving, and then they'd yeah. be, you know, be cr- cracking under the the you know the pressure. Yeah, yeah, would like, be... Yeah,
1: like a wolf guard would spike the ball, and it would explode <laughs> when it hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, I can. Mm. No, I can. I can see the space wolves there, and obviously they they they'd drink a lot, wouldn't oh, they? Oh yeah, yeah. They'd be, they, they know how to uh, enjoy. Space Vikings. A good time
1: at the beach. Uh, don't drink and swim, people, please. But the space yeah, wolves yeah, are yeah. allowed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they've got they a third for that. They can breathe underwater. <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I must admit, one of the ones I thought was the space wolves. Um, I mm. got I got a couple other thoughts. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Drakari. Yeah. Um. Okay. Obviously, we know they're nasty buggers. Really. But you know, I think they treat life like a party anyway. Really, oh yeah. To be yeah. honest, you know, you know, they've got their own agenda, which is obviously, you know, capturing, you know, prisoners and making them slaves and you know, doing what they want with them. So I, I imagine it would be a bit of a weird party. You know, mm. it would be. I know it'd mm. be bordering slanesh, and I know that we're, <laughs> we're excluding slanesh from this. So mm. yeah, I think Jakari would just get weird. It'd be one mm. of those sort of parties where you think, oh, if I, I just was hoping there would be a bit of you know, I don't know, crackers and cheese and yeah, have a little, yeah. you know, a cup of tea and this is not what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> um Or mm. another alternative, yeah. I was thinking, and I, hear me out here, Sisters of Silence. Now you're thinking, what, how's that going to work? <laughs> but I, I just got this mental image that Sisters mm. of Silence... Probably just would listen to a lot of heavy trance and dance music. So I imagine it'd be it'd be a rave. No one's talking. Yeah, yeah. They're just sort of just you you know euphoric dance music. You know, just glow sticks, going for it. Really,
1: (laughs) I would. I would be into that definitely. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. So if you just want, you know, if you want the. The you know, the beer and volleyball type, you got the space wolves. If you want mm. something a bit weird, you got Jakari, and if you just wanna sort wanna of dance rave. it away, you got Yeah have <laughs> got the sisters of silence. You know. Just Who one knows? Adeptus custodes
1: tending bar.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, at least you know you'll definitely be able to get the drink off the top shelf. Oh yeah. Like, don't worry, I can reach. <laughs> I'm ten foot tall. <laughs> God. Oh amazing. Amazing question. Thank mm-hmm. you very much for that. And yeah. like I said, if you want to ask us ask us any more in the future, jump on our Discord and there's a channel devoted to it. Yeah. So, oh, one last thing before we get to the hobby section. Uh, competition, because mm-hmm. we were talking about it before the show. So, um, um, if you've seen on Twitter and on our Discord, um, we sort of revealed about a week or so ago that we have hit another download milestone. We have mm-hmm. been downloaded and listened to more than 40,000 times. Cool. Which is amazing, yeah. um, yeah. quite breathtaking for us, you know, as two guys that like Warhammer and just decided to do a podcast about it o- just mm. over a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing <laughs> to hit these sort of figures, um, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, I know we're still, you know, probably small time to some of these other War- yeah. Warhammer podcasts, but you know, for us, it's just absolutely amazing because we just enjoy mm-hmm. doing this so much and being part of the community. So, uh, so big thank you yeah <laughs> you know, yeah really yourself and Cameron <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's absolutely amazing oh, nice. so and hopefully it'll keep going um mm. and because of that we will be doing a competition soon um not yet uh, only because we just haven't finalized the details yet in all <laughs> honesty so um so probably next episode we would have d- sorted everything out by then and we'll reveal it and obviously we'll re- reveal it on social media on twitter yeah. etc so yeah uh look out for that and yeah. again thank you to everyone that listens to our show yeah real real Uh, right finally let's get into the hobby stuff (laughs) yes (laughs) enough enough of the rambling oh my god Uh, Cameron (laughs) wants to talk about his uh, army of knights so Cameron what have you been up to mate
1: honour through annihilation. Um, I've been a bad boy. Is what I've been doing for my for I know because I've, I've had I've been on holiday the last two weeks. Um, and unlike last holidays where I was in the middle of moving house while my partner was on her own vacation, <laughs> leaving me to do all of it. Um, I have actually had time to sit down and do stuff. And just last week, I believe it was just last weekend. Actually, yes, the Chaos Knights Codex was released. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure some of you will remember about a year ago, I bought a knight and started converting it into a chaos knight. And then it just mysteriously disappeared from the show because I had clean, I'd started cleaning up and I put it all neatly in a box. So I put that box on my desk and I put a miniature I was working on in front of that box on the desk. And I immediately, the box disappeared from my mind's eye. Uh, and there for eight <laughs> months, it lay completely untouched. <laughs>
0: Until he, Don't he, feel bad. It's yeah, the no. norm, really, for, yeah, for yeah, most Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, but I dug it up, and I looked at it, and I'm like, actually, I think I can finish this now. And uh, I, I did. I finished a project, which is sounds wrong coming out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> 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 I'm meant to have a million and, a million yeah, and well, one... It'll be
0: the same for me oh when I God. ever say these words. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: No, it's so, it's so <laughs> weird. It's a really weirdly satisfying feeling uh, that I don't get to experience a lot. Uh... So, I finished converting up various options for the night. I finished, you know, green stuffing on the carapace and all over the hull and stuff like that. Uh, and then I painted it. And painting it was surprisingly fast, all things considered. Mm. Uh, it... It helps, I feel, where you can cover up 90% of your mistakes because the end stage of doing this night was dumping three quarters of a pot of Sterling Battlemire all over it. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I've been writing fiction for my Death Guard slash Nurgle related army and for the night, uh, when it's called for, it opens a warp rift underground so that only the tree shows up above the surface first. And then it oh, rises, yeah, it rises up from under the mud of the battlefield as a surprise attack. Uh, and so I gave myself free reign to just cover this sucker with dirt, uh, which I did liberally to avoid <laughs> showing my mistakes. And it meant I didn't have to connect everything 100% because if like a root didn't fully touch down on a piece of armor, I could just put some mud there. Uh, and then there's a lot of slime involved as well. Uh, while I was in sort of the middle of painting it, I was really, really not sure on how I was gonna go for the uh the top carapace colour because there was a lot of white because I'd sprayed it with gray sear because gray sear is amazing. Everyone should be using <laughs> that if they're painting if they're painting light colours, use Graciea and rake bone, they're so good. Um But the tree on top was white, the base was white, the top carapace is white, I'm like, that's too much, I can't do the carapace white, I have to do the whole thing green just have like a few bits on the legs and the face mask down as white and everyone in the discord convinced me otherwise and thank you so much for that because <laughs> I think you were right that it would have been a bit of a blob if it had been mostly green in the end uh but once okay. I yep. yeah once I got the base painted once I got the tree on top painted I managed to get a sort of a dirty off white going for the top carapace and I really really like how it looks um uh, also, I discovered something dangerous in the process of finishing this night, which is, uh, where I've moved, there's a Games Workshop that is a three minute drive away. Um.
0: Uh oh. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, so that's,
1: uh, that's gonna be a problem in the future. I'm still gonna mostly frequent the, uh, Joondalup store, cause I know everyone there, and it is a nicer store, cause it's got much more floor space. <laughs> like, you can fit, you can fit more than five people in that one. Uh, this other one's, like, crammed into the local shopping mall. But it is the first Games Workshop I ever went to, so it felt quite nostalgic going back there. Actually, uh, and the lovely guys there taught me how to do transfers, which oh, I amazing. have, yeah, which I've always been terrified of. It turns out I was terrified for no reason. They are incredibly <laughs> easy to do.
2: <laughs> oh, good,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, which is gr- good because I'm not great at freehand. Uh, I've made some attempts over the years, and I will I'll one day be really good at it. But for now, transfers are really handy. But there was one issue; they can't just provide me transfers, and I didn't have any appropriately chaotic ninety transfers. So I did, I did buy the Night Desecrated box that just
0: came out. <laughs> in part, <laughs> is that your reason? That, that <laughs> was that transfers. was literally my
1: initial reason. Like I went in, a, I went in, a, I was going in to buy a pot of pot of Nogles Rot and a pot, pot of Sterling Battlemire, and I <laughs> and while I was there, I went hey, could you guys show me how to do transfers tomorrow? And they're like, yeah, but you'll need to bring your own transfer sheet. And I went, oh, I notice you've got one Chaos Knight left. I'm just going to buy that. <laughs> and that that like was the like, ultimate
0: <laughs> se- upsell, isn't it? <laughs> like, oh, I mean, yeah. It's like, yeah. Just oh, bring your own transfers. Oh, okay, I'll buy a Knight. To sell. <laughs>
1: I mean, it, it wasn't solely for the transfers. I, I was really interested in the kit, and it looks fantastic. And I have mm. mean... As I've been finishing up this first Chaos Knight, I've rediscovered that joy I spoke about, like, about a year ago when I was first working on the Knight, I remember going, yes, this is amazing, this is why I love hobbying, and I had that same feeling, like, finishing, converting, and painting it, and so, like, I knew that kit would still be great to put together, be a massive amount of fun, but I did. It was, like, 40% for the transfers, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like Amazing. we've weighted up 60% ooh, cool new model 40% I do need transfers to learn how to do transfers um
0: uh, I like your reasoning though mate yeah yeah it's oh, a great it's, kit it's, so it's I, I kit. think do you know what I think we get to the point now where mm. I've sort well I know I am where I think sometimes especially when you're I don't know sharing your what you do and what you buy mm. with the community sometimes mm. I don't know, it can make you a bit paranoid because you think, oh, do I just look bad for buying that? And then, you know, people are like, oh, why, why is he buying that? He's not even yeah. doing this. And you think, yeah. no, look, we're all adults. We're, we're all a slightly <laughs> reckless when it comes to this hobby because that's <laughs> just the nature of this hobby. And oh, man. I think sometimes just, just buy stuff if you want it, oh, if you can yeah. afford it, obviously. Yeah, just absolutely. buy it, yeah, you yeah, know.
1: Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I picked up, a, I picked up the Chaos Knight new kit. Uh, it is lovely. Well, I'll get into that in a minute. Uh The next day I came by, they taught me how to do transfers, Uh they did one transfer on the model, and then I did all the other ones myself, and I'm really, really happy with how they look, so that's great, I've learned how to do it, I will be doing it probably on all my big, important-looking projects from now on, um, <laughs> uh, and I also picked up the Chaos Knights Codex when they showed me how to do transfers, because I realized I should probably grab that uh, now that I am the owner of two Chaos Knights... Uh, <laughs>
0: And also the fact we're probably covering it next next episode. Yeah,
1: yeah, there's also that. Um, (laughs) That will help. Uh, But yeah, no, uh, I finished it up, and there's this point, because I can look at it, and I can see all the flaws in it, and I can see the flaws that I know other people can't see, because they're hidden beneath a puddle of texture paint, um... (laughs) But, <laughs> like, you, you know, like, I, I rushed it a little at the end, like, the pox walkers on the base are really super basic, they are a layer of contrast, then just covered in Nurgle's rot to make it uh, less obvious, so they just look like slime-soaked zombies, but that's fine, they're not the focal point, they're just there as, like, set dressing, so the knight, in general, I'm pretty happy with, uh, and... Turns out other people really like it, uh, to the point where it is now on display at Games Workshop Joondalup in a cabinet. Uh, so if oh, you're amazing. in Perth, if you're in Perth and listening and you want to see it for yourself, head up there and check it out. Uh, yeah, no, I did not ever really expect that to happen. Uh, <laughs> I never thought I could produce something good enough to be displayed by someone who didn't own it, i.e. me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's there. Uh, I feel I should point out, I say it is quote-unquote finished. Uh, it's not, because I have to do all the other weapon options, but <laughs> yeah. it, it has a loadout finished, therefore good enough to put on display. I don't need to display all the magnetized bits along the bottom or anything, whatever, it's fine. Um So, after that, uh, and this has just happened in the last two days because I I put that in on Thursday, and then I after that I went, oh, I've got a Chaos Knights kit now to mess around with. Uh, so, I'm the guy who has a lot of fun absolutely destroying a nearly $200 model uh, and then putting it back the together. The fabulous pile of yeah, uh, of converters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the, the first thing I did was, because when I was in the store, like, getting the last touches on my first Chaos Knight nest, uh to get it in the display cabinet, another guy showed up and he had a completed version of the new Chaos Knights kit, like, halfway through painting, because he works really fast. Well done, Jimmy. Uh <laughs> Uh and it looks really, really cool. Uh but I was really interested because you know they have the triple jointed legs? Yeah. Yeah. Even with that, they are still at pretty much exactly the same height as a normal Imperial Knight. But then my little my little lizard conversion brain went, What if we cut those legs up and made them stand upright? <laughs> uh <laughs> To wit, I have a Chaos Knight Desecrator on the desk in front of me, and he is a good inch to an inch and a half taller than a normal Imperial Knight.
0: Um, Makes a difference.
1: It makes a lot of a difference. Uh, It was not as hard as I was expecting. It was harder than it should have been, but it was not as hard as I was expecting. So if you want to do this yourself, I say definitely go ahead. Uh, Be a little more careful than me. I've got a cut along the back of one of my fingers. Not from the knife, (laughs) but because when I snapped a bit, one of the spikes just scraped down my finger. And cut it up real good. This kid is, this kid is sharp. Um,
0: <laughs> that's the path to chaos, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, but from there, you have pretty much total control over the leg pose ability, which is really cool. I had a lot of fun trying out a, a lot of different poses. I debated like a running full tilt pose. Uh, but I decided I wasn't going to build the rampage, or not the, I wasn't going to build the close combat variant, I should say. Uh, so I didn't go with the running pose. I went with a more like a, not quite striding, more of a standing with weight oddly distributed uh, pose that I ended up with. Uh, I also so this is this is I don't want to do an essay about about robot feet in Games Workshop, but there was a point <laughs> where all robots like dreadnoughts, titans, etc. Their feet were three toes at the front and one toe at the back, and at some point they changed to four toes evenly interspersed in a circle like the current Imperial Knight kit. You, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, and I want this to be a super old knight from the Heresy itself. Nice. Uh, so this knight, don't know if this is canon, don't know if the old epic scale Imperial Knights had three toes in the front, one toe in the back, or if they had four evenly spaced. But for me, this is a visual signifier that he's super old. I cut the side toes off and brought them forward about Mm-hmm. Uh, about 45 degrees. So it has three toes in the front, one toe in the back. It's got that old school right, yep. look, uh, which I'm having a lot of fun with. That plus the straighter legs really make it look interesting and unique, I feel. Uh, and then I went fully into the deep end. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as I said, I'm making this a night desecrator, which is the ranged variant. Don't don't yell at me on Twitter about how it's not any good. I know the gun it, isn't good, but... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's rule of cool. Rule of cool. Rule cool. Yeah. Uh, plus the relic version is actually pretty decent, all things considered. Um, <laughs> plus, I'm going. Plus, I'm going to be running it as infernal, so it'll be plus one strength, plus one damage. So it'll be fine. Um,
0: Take that we'll into that. Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll get. We'll get that in two weeks when we break down the codex for real. Um, but yeah. <laughs> point is, I I wanted to not have an arm weapon gun for this super cool relic of the Dark Ages big laser weapon. I wanted a gun that a knight could hold. And so I have created the most terrifying thing in existence, which is a, a I would say a rifle, which stands roughly the full height of an Imperial Knight. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's your inspiration from kiryoth isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he's been doing yeah, mental. He's, he's been doing, stuff those, doing
1: those mental like dreadnought weapons for his dreadnought army. Love- I love all that stuff. And I went, you know what? I can go overboard as well. And I did it in a little bit different way. So I essentially, I took the chainsword and I took the laser destroyer and I spliced them together in such a way that they formed an elongated-like body of the gun Then with the barrel of the laser destroyer with an underslung chainsword. Uh, if you look on our Twitter, you can see a bunch of pictures of it because I'm really proud of it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm holding it in my hand now and it's, it's like a six-inch long gun. Effect. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, about six inches, actually. I don't have a ruler on me, unfortunately, but, you know, it, it's almost, it's about three quarters the height of a 600 mil drink bottle, et cetera, et cetera you know, whatever. <laughs> uh.
0: Is that, is that, is that how we work it out? It's, right it's too? what I've, it's what
1: I've got to hand. I can either measure Fair against. Point? my knight, which is not of a standard size anymore, I can measure against my drink bottle, which is a standard size.
0: <laughs> the scales are wrong! <laughs> How do I work it out? <laughs> um,
1: and yeah, so I've, I've got it all glued together now. Uh, I use some half millimetre plasticard to fill certain gaps. Uh, I've still got a bunch more gubbins to add on, but it looks pretty tacked up and crazy as it is. Uh, I'm actually using one of the arm axles as like a little handle slash stock, uh, Although the current pose, I I initially tried for a holding it across the chest pose. Uh it turns out that was incredibly difficult with between weight distribution and the fact it would like be pointing four inches in front of the base, base's edge. Uh so I'm not gonna do that. Uh and I'm instead gonna have it more as an at rest pose where the gun is stocked down uh on the ground, the knight is using its left arm to hold it up as it points with its right arm and directs the armigers around it. Because desecrators get to buff up nearby armigers, so I think that's appropriate. Uh, I yep. do need I need to make a demonic left arm to hold this, so I'm going to have fun with that over the next week or so. Uh, and yeah, uh, apart from that, the only other real change I've done to the knight is for his visor, I've chosen one of the new masks and I've clipped the teeth out of the way so he actually has like a clear line of sight through his mask uh, which I feel is important to have Uh and I've oop, just dropped a bit Uh I have it's sitting on the desk in front of me, I'm playing with it as I talk Um <laughs> yeah. warhammer Yeah, exactly Uh I had a bunch of leftover masks from the knight warden kit that I didn't use and the new Chaos Knight kit has a bunch of spikes that are meant to have chains strung between them, but instead, I've just stuck those masks on the spikes as like, these are his trophies. He hunts the most dangerous game, which is not man, it's other knights. Uh, I love that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I really do. I really, I saw that this morning. I was mm. really impressed with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the look. Like he, because, again, the laser destructor is like destroyer or whatever. It's like a snipe. It's it's a sniper rifle for a knight, basically. It's low level of shots, but decent damage and high strength and accuracy, etc., is the idea. Like, it even gets the sniper rule on a six to wound. It does extra mortal wounds and stuff like that, so you know. Uh So I feel like this knight has spent the millennia, like, hunting down worthy opponents from the other side of the battlefield and just melt the melt the head the mask falls off (laughs) after the battle goes and picks it up puts it on a spike uh
0: see that that's very appropriate because as we know from some of the the knight and titan Mm. novels out there they do end up hunting each other there's a lot of rivalries even amongst where they're on even the same side it's not even when they're Mm. on opposite sides. so that's really plausible (laughs) yeah
1: exactly um it, it is it's weird to me because it took me a year to finish one night, and now in the last three days, I am—I'm going to say—seventy-five percent of the way through building the next night. <laughs> which means I, I think what, I could have it done I in think the next when, month or two, which is weird to me.
0: But um. <laughs> I think that, I think that's about right because I think, and when I get onto my bit, is mm. that you—I think when you find your flow and when something just gets mm. to gets to you in a good way gets you know you like i really want to get mm. on with this mm. it it fires you up i think you know and it oh, yeah. we procrastinate so much in this times, <laughs> We really do. All, you know you know I mean, and you know most of us do i mean not i can't say mm. that for everyone because some people just are machines and they will literally smash yeah. out a lot and fair play to them but i think mm. for a lot of us you know you have moments where you just don't get anything done you know and mm. then and then all of a sudden you smash through stuff, so Yeah. Just the nature of the beast, yeah. I think.
1: Uh, it's so weird for me though to be like it took me forever to do this night. It usually takes me like weeks to do a few like infantry scale models and then just somehow over the last two days I've gone from a pile of plastic to a full head taller than a normal knight knight, just standing there <laughs> almost ready to go. Like I feel I feel sculpting the left arm will actually take a decent amount of time. But I've got a bunch of Plasticard tubing, I've got a bunch of blue tack I will probably knock... The, I, I feel like tomorrow I'm going to go up to Games Workshop Joondlob, I'm going to sit down there, show them this terrible thing I've created, and then spend just the, the day building a left arm for it in
0: store. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there is one one super issue with all of this, uh, which is now I need to buy another knight once this one is done. <laughs> So I, can, so I can run the full super heavy detachment for plus six command points.
0: <laughs> GW's rubbing its hands like, yes, well, you've got him. To be fair,
1: <laughs> to be fair, technically, I need to buy two more knights in a box of armigas. So I can have three, I can have three knights in their own detachment and then I can have this guy and two armigas in their own detachment. <laughs> because That's he brilliant. needs, he needs to work with armigas, but if I put an armager in, I don't get all the cool command points. I'm like, I need the command points to feed. Mm, delicious. Uh, <laughs> I, need, I need them to heal my knight in combat, uh, mostly. Do terrible things. God, uh, that... Side note, I've been reading the codex. That codex is great. We'll talk about it next episode. There are some shenanigans to be had.
0: <laughs> <gasps> shenanigans. <laughs> some, some really
1: ridiculous stuff to be had uh, with the Codex especially if you go, like you can do some crazy stuff with Iconoclast knights but with Infernal, <laughs> the demon possessed knights, I think there is so much to work with there it's probably what I'm going to go with uh, honestly uh, but outside outside of this ridiculous amount of building big models that I've suddenly been doing <laughs> um what, <laughs> el- what else have I been doing? Uh, I've been doing some hobby arts and crafts, it's not directly Warhammer related, uh my partner, Erin, is thinking of making like little display things that she can sell on okay. Etsy, etc., like that. Uh, and <clears throat> part of that is she's bought a bunch of secondhand Lord of the Rings goblins to like hide in bushes in this fairy diorama oh, she's going to do. Uh, so we'll work on painting those and building stuff. And it's just been... Often the hobby is something I do relatively solitarily, like on my own, but it's been super nice sitting with her and talking with her about these things and like planning ideas that 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 she can work with and that kind of thing and at the same time i've been working on my night which is probably why it's gone so fast uh because instead of sitting down (laughs) to watch a movie we sat down for three hours and discussed how to build things while i built things uh thanks thanks for that yeah i would love that (laughs) yeah i mean it's great if it happens uh i feel like this is not going to happen all the time but it's (laughs) handy handy to do um and I've been reading uh Drachenfels by Kim Newman that I picked up a couple mm. of weeks ago. Uh, I'm okay. not super deep into it, but it is so good so far, <laughs> like lovely. yeah, it is uh is Genevieve the vampire I think
0: yeah it is yeah yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but it's also Detlef Sirk, the uh, premier playwright of the Empire. Uh, and it's great because this isn't really spoiler, but his part so far is he is in Detter's prison. And he has become a legend among the inmates because, like, everyone's in here is, like, in here for between a few shillings and, like, maybe a 100 gold crowns of damages. And he is <laughs> in there for 119,423 gold crowns of damages <laughs> because he tried to put on a play in Drakenfell's castle and no one showed up effectively. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> So, like, that's his part of, like, everyone's like, yeah, I'll be out in five years of labor once I've paid off my debt, and he's just sitting there like, how the hell am I ever getting out of here? I'm never getting out of here. <laughs> it, it, it is it is a good book. i am just got to find the time to read the rest of it, honestly. I've been busy with nights. Um, But yeah, it, it's been great. Like, finishing the night project was good because that brought together, like, modeling and painting and transfers and, like, understanding that even if I don't think something's perfect, other people will still like it. Uh, and, yeah, then, and then, and then just jumping in and another sort of flow creativity. This is why I always say everyone should get a night at some point because they are just such <laughs> good kids to work on. They're super fun and good. Yeah. I know you've got a bunch of stuff going on right now, but one day, Matt, mm. you will have to get a night. I, I'm telling you, they're so good.
0: Well, I I <laughs> I, I, I plan to because I've got an, uh, I've got another little you know project number 65 in my mm. head mm. um <laughs> which involves a chaos night um and and when my codex arrives, which should hopefully mm-hmm. arrive in the next few days i imagine it'll be even worse because i'll be swatting up oh, on yeah. them and oh, yeah. making me love them even more and i must admit i when i was at Whammerfest, fest i saw them in in the plastic themselves mm-hmm. so i i have seen how glorious oh. they look you know even before yeah, you do so any <laughs> stuff for them <laughs> yeah,
1: but like, I've barely done anything to it. I've changed the legs positions, I've moved some toes, and I've made a stupid-looking gun. Like, the rest is just the kit. The kit is just You're sounding good. You like a
0: plastic surgeon. Like, yeah, oh, I, I only tweaked the nose, lifted <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, lift the cheeks. Changed the hat. <laughs> yeah, they're still the same person, honest. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the
1: thing is, it's still very recon- recognizably a Chaos Knight. It's just a little bit taller, and it has a weird gun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which I mean mean is handy, because he has the fist to point with, but then the gun has the laser destroyer and the chainsaw, so I can run him with Mm. either loadout. I can say he has the fist in the gun, or he has the chainsaw in the gun, and it looks fine either way. So, anyway, that's been my hobby. I've done a lot in two weeks, actually. You are, mate. Uh, (laughs) Oh, actually, I did see the box for Warcry. I didn't see what was in the box, (laughs) because this was on Thursday, but man, that box is really heavy. I and know it looks it's it. absolutely packed with stuff like it is it yeah. is hard to the touch not because the cardboard is any thick or anything it's just it's so full of plastic <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it's a good six inches I think uh mm. or how many bottles um yeah you want yeah. to use to judge that <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but anyway oh.
1: yeah uh what have you been doing because I'm really interested to hear about what you've been up to
0: Mm, right well, yeah, I've like you, I've for me I've been quite productive and what's really cool is that if you listen to last show and I started telling you about my Death Watch project, which I have actually now got underway and what's actually really good I am I'm quite impressed with myself is mm. I, last episode I was saying I've got I'm going to do a librarian I'm going to do some watch captains I've done them and I've done a little bit more on top as well I've actually mm. built all these things and I've actually sort of delivered on what I'm actually <laughs> trying to do <laughs> which is uh, quite novel for me so uh, right mm. yeah let's get on to my death watch so I start with something basic um I built a watchmaster so that's the obviously the main HQ unit, um, I, to be honest, it's such a glorious model by itself. I, it's not really an easy one to tweak, and, and to be honest, it's not one to tweak, because sort of codex-wise, they don't have any other options. They you know they come with a guardian spear, etc., so there's not really anything to do. So I just did a simple head swap, because like a lot of people, I don't like Space Marines with their helmets off. I like I don't want to see mm. your faces. Put your face away. Um, so I um, <laughs> I just use one of the spare Death Watch ones that come with the Deathwatch ups- upgrade sprue, the one with the um, the plume on it. Pop that in. Lovely. Easy. Mm-hmm. Right. So next ones. Two watch captains. These are basically your you know your Smash Captains, your Thunder Hammer, mm-hmm. Storm Shield, Jump Pack variety. So I built two of them. As I promised I would. Um, the first one I built was one based on uh death company marine so it's a basically a kit bash so i took uh, like the legs of the of death a uh, death company marine but then i put a death watch torso on uh the arms are uh, i think are a combination uh, i've got the death company jump pack because obviously they come with jump packs as part of their sprue uh, death company helmet um and yeah i you know for us what's a, a really relatively simple kit bash i'm really impressed with him Mm. To be honest, I think he looks great. Um, and, uh, what was quite, quite interesting, I put him on the, the, uh, Death Watch subreddit on, on Reddit mm. and people, you know, were really impressed with it as well. But I did get a few, uh, I don't know, the rule of the, um, I don't know what you would call them, the sort of, um, the law police that come ah, out and they yeah. sort of said to me, like, oh, you can't have a Death Company Death Watch Marine, you know, because of the <laughs> black rage. And He's I know, te- well, <laughs> he got well. At the end of the day, yeah. um, that's sort of technically true, but not. And, and there's mm. n- that's not actually. And when we get onto the Death Watch later, it's it's te- yeah, it's totally not not. You know, it's not mm. categorically true yeah. because yeah. that's what the Chaplains are for in the Death Watch is to mm. help contain things. Um, I mean, in my head, and I said this to the people is that at the end of the day, he's on the verge of the Black Rage, or sorry, he has got the Black Rage, but he's mm. he can sort of keep it slightly under control, but they just let him loose. Yeah. To just rampage with his, you know, as a smash captain. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a smash captain should. Well <laughs> exactly, and, and without being funny, uh it's mm. my model and I can do what I want with it, in yeah. all honesty. Yeah, and, exactly. and I'm not being that I'm not saying that in a in a, a nasty way. I just mean that, but that is literally, you know, mm. <laughs> if yeah, I yeah. want a death company, death watch watch captain. I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah, why exactly. I did it. <laughs> um, and the other one I did is uh, based in Mark III power armor. So, again, Ooh. I just used a M- Mark III power armor marine um, and basically just used legs, torso, etc. Um, I then just used a Vanguard marine jump pack. Um, I put then a couple of little of the Death Watch um, Inquisitor Inquisition type, you know, eye icons on him. Yeah. Again, very simple kit bash. Uh, he just looks cool. And mm. I'm just quite happy with both of them because they're just a bit different to the normal yeah. smash captains yeah. you see out there. So mm. again, you know, easy in the, st- in the sense that they were just, <laughs> like I said, kit bashing, but still pleased with them. Mm. Um, off the back of that, I built three Vanguard veterans because going forward, I'm going to have three kill teams, uh, of Vanguard, uh, sorry, of Death Watch veterans, but you can mm. put a vanguard veteran either ones with a jump pack in there so again that was a simple kit So it's pretty much 90% a vanguard veteran out straight out of the box but obviously i've put a death watch uh shoulder pad on them i've put i've given them all ultramarine uh shoulder pads Mm -hmm. just because I fancy them all being ultramarines. Mm-hmm. Um, they all come with, uh, they'll be armed with bolt pistols and chainswords. Um, yeah, simple, but yeah. very nice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, then I did a librarian, and this was an actual conversion that I sort of said I was going to do last episode. So mm-hmm. um, if you have not heard, basically I got the, uh, the Dark Angels librarian from Dark Vengeance. I then cut his right hand off which in the in the normal pose is obviously just um performing a <laughs> psychic power uh, cut it off and i gave him a, a fist with a storm bolter i then had a bit of an issue with his other arm now it, again on the normal model he's he's got a four sword and my my thought was i will cut it off at the uh, wrist put on a different posed arm then i could put a death watch shoulder pad on and happy days and that is what i did but the problem i faced is that when you flip his arm around so you're seeing what would be the inside of his arm it's all cabled up from mm. obviously to be cabled into his power armor because obviously because it's to psychically power his force sword so i couldn't really use the wrist and the and the hand but then in turn i couldn't re- it meant i couldn't really use the um uh, is it pommel of the sword mm, what's the what's yeah. the bit what's the bit above above your fingers oh yeah the the hilt or the crossguard? Hilt. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Sorry, pommel's the bottom, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, hilt of yeah, it? yeah, so I couldn't use the hilt. So basically, I had to basically rebuild <laughs> the sword. <laughs> yeah, so I so I, te- I took the, the blade of the sword, but then I managed to find some old uh, Dark Angels bits. So I managed to get the, the hilt off one of those. And uh, I just need to green stuff it. But now it's sort of down, sort of slightly down by his, his hip now instead. And, mm. uh, and I gave him a jump pack as well. So uh, yeah, I was really pleased with him as well so I did that uh, literally straight after our last recording then last weekend I built a Death Watch Venable Dreadnought which I was really pleased with this Dreadnought actually so basically I he's the the Dreadnought that comes with the Death Watch start collecting box mm. um, I gave him the glass can the twin last cannon that comes with it I gave him the missile launcher arm which doesn't come with it but someone uh, was it uh, Dave Dave uh, yeah Smith off um uh twitter who kindly gave me uh the missile arm so pop that on and yeah then i basically i didn't give the the standard helmet that comes in the box because basically with the venerable dreadnoughts you can actually show the you know the helmet of a of a space marine that's inside Mm. it so i gave a death watch one i then they've got in again in the in the normal set you've got like what's almost like a little halo sort of thing above its head it's all like a almost like a tiara (laughs) (laughs) with a with like a little star so i i put the tiara on but i cut it off at the top so then i put the the uh, death watch symbol on its head as well Mm. um i then put a few other death watch symbols around it and yeah again you know it's more of a simple you know it's more of a kit bash with a slight little bit of conversion but yeah really pleased with it to be honest so yeah yeah, i've pretty much got all my hqs and obviously my um my uh, dreadnought done as well. So, all that's really left for me to build now is my three, uh, kill, you know, my veteran kill teams now. So, mm. and I think once that all goes together, I've got, I don't know, 1200 points, I think roughly. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, I've been actually productive. Um, even though obviously my plan is to do the, the kill teams next, um, that may change mm-hmm. because of what I'm about to reveal in a minute. Um, uh, probably the other last little thing I did is I, bought i think i said a while ago i bought a chaos steed off ebay to go with my chaos sorcerer which is the chaos sorcerer that comes mm. with the chaos lord on a manticore kit which i did for my blades of corn um so luckily i managed to find uh, this chaos steed i think it's the one that comes with the slaves of darkness chariot kit i think that's yeah. what it looks like anyway yeah. and yeah i know it's again simple but i can put them on a horse now and i can use them as a unit you know, mm. in whatever capacity yeah. I want, really. Apart from corn, technically, because he's a sorcerer. <laughs> but yeah,
1: <laughs> damn it, I mean, he, can be, he can be allied. It's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, he will sort it out. You know, um, there's more chaos projects coming in the in the pipeline, so he'll be around. Um, yeah, and probably the the other thing, which is the really exciting thing, mm. um, is basically I've booked a table at Warhammer World for next month. So yeah. I, me, uh, my workmate Martin, who's joined our discord recently and got stuck into the rest of the community (laughs) there which is great so uh so we both like i said we booked a table at um Wama world mid next month um and basically we booked an aos table we booked we've got they've given us the river of souls table which Mm. i had a look on Google looks amazing. <laughs> Check it out if you've not seen it before. Um, and basically, um, we've also got Alex joining us from who I met at Warhammer Fest as well. And so we've got three of us on board, plus open invite to others. Um, and there's a few others that have said they're interested in coming. So yeah, we're going to mm-hmm. be playing some AOS and or Warcry next month there, which yeah. is amazing. I can't awesome. wait. Um, so. What we're going to do depends on time, really, <laughs> between now and then. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it depends what we what we can all muster up. So I think we're probably definitely going to play Warcry mm-hmm. um, at least. So I'm in, you know, thinking about what to build. Uh, we'll cover that when we get to the news, when we cover Warcry. But, yeah, we're going to be playing you know, some something AOS related next month, which is very Mm. exciting because I'm actually getting around to playing something. Yeah. (laughs) And and at Warhammer world. So it'd be amazing. So Mm. that is really, really exciting. Um, and right, the other probably last couple of little bits is I haven't really bought much i've actually which is probably good because obviously yeah. all the things that are coming up, <laughs> i.e. Warcry, i.e. a Warhammer World Trip, so mm, mm. these things can get expensive. <laughs> um so I haven't really bought anything. I've been given something. Um shout oh. out to Don Perry, one of our listeners on and also on Twitter. And I also had the pleasure of meeting him in at Warhammer Fest as well. He is an absolute gentleman of a guy um he sent me a corn slaughter priest that he had no need for that Mm. he's he's more into 40k um i mean i've already got a couple of slaughter priests (laughs) but um but another one will always go in handy with blades of corn so um i think this is uh, because i've already got a couple i've got one that's (laughs) and it's funny because i've I've ended up with three of the same slaughter priest the (laughs) the one with the hack blade and the Mm. (laughs) and the the Mm. ball and chain so um, one I've done normal, I've built normally. One I built with a head swap, which I was really impressed with. The the we mm. using a um, Blood Warrior head. Yeah. So I think with this guy, I'm really going to go to time with him. I'm going to really, yes. you know, you know, mm. sort of mix him up in some sort of way. I don't know what yet. I have to <laughs> I'll have to have a think Give on them, that.
1: Uh, you know what? Uh, flex your flex your sculpting. Uh, try and do some like flayed skin robes or something. Just some sheep yeah to green stuff around them.
0: Yeah, I, well, that's what I mean. I want to do something a bit crazy with him you mm. know because it's almost like I wasn't expecting to have him so I can mm. go a bit you know a bit crazy with him so yeah, yeah so I'll, that's the only real model I've managed to get but uh, <laughs> thanks to Dom for providing <laughs> that's uh, really kind of you to do so um and lastly reading wise or listening wise technically because it's all audible um I listened to Dante the mm-hmm. uh, novel by Guy Haley came out I think about Two years ago. Uh, really good, actually. I mean, it's not that long. It's probably about 10 hours, which is sort of, you know, medium ish for most of these novels. And it's really good. I mean, it basically, well, really, it's not really spoiling it. Um, it basically shoots between him growing up as a child and obviously eventually becoming a blood angel and then obviously where he is now. And then, then every, you know, basically jumps between that and the current day, which technically isn't right now in the 40K mm. universe. It's sort yeah. of pre, you know, pre. Uh, some of the things that are happening right now, like Vigilis and things like that, obviously. But it's sort of it's bef- basically it's just before the Devastation of Baal So if you've mm. if you've not read Devastation of Baal which you really should, because that's when <laughs> we covered so it ages ago. It's brilliant. <laughs> so yeah. um, this sort of leads into that nicely. So you know it, you can get away with listening to it the other way around, like I did. But you know if you ke- if you have a choice, read Dante first and then do Devastation mm. of Baal because it will, like I said, nicely fall in. Um, and the other book that I listened to randomly because it was 99p on Audible mm-hmm. the other day was Attack of the Necron by Cavan yes. uh, Scott. Um, yeah. I was really impressed with it, to be honest. Mm. And, you know, obviously, if, if you remember all the, the hoo ha that happened <laughs> months ago when Warhammer Adventures, you know, was announced and kids' books and all that, um, you know, the pitchforks came out, um, mm. it's really good. I mean, yeah. yes, it is a kids' book obviously, but mm. it's that nice balance where as an adult, you can still appreciate it. I didn't feel like, Oh God, this is so patronizing. Mm. It's, it's that nice balance. Cause I think you've, you've read it, haven't you? Yeah. I yeah.
1: I read it yeah. months and months back, like close to when it mm. first came out. And I really, really enjoyed it. Actually. Uh, I enjoyed mm. it more than the, uh, the age of Sigma one, but I still like that one as well. But yeah, but, Attack on the Necron is genuinely good. <laughs> I should mm. really read yeah. the rest of, uh, Bands got
0: stuff, honestly. Yeah, I mean, mm. it, it was nice because I could, I could, I literally bought it and knocked it out in the same day because mm. I sort of noticed it in yeah. the morning, bought it, listened to it that afternoon at work, and done. And it, yeah. but it's nice, it's a nice little, nice little story. It's, it's still, you know, it's, it's things still happening. It. It's not all, it's mm. not all rainbows and, and cuddles, <laughs> you know, it's sort of, the, you know, <laughs> think bad things happen in it. It's just oh, obviously yeah. not as grim, dark as, As the normal forty k novels, that's all it is. I mean, it it gets
1: it gets pretty dark. Like a teenager gets flayed molecule by molecule in front of a group of children. (laughs) You know, that's just the way bad shit that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he turned to dust. I am like. Wait a second. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah,
0: whereas obviously in the more novels we've been literally, you know, you'd you'd have got the description mm. of being ripped apart and mm. and obviously, you know, all the all the entrails <laughs> on the walls and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So, that you know, it, it's it's dumbed down, but then obviously it would be because of the target audience, mm. but it doesn't stop it being a very good book. Um oh, yeah. and it's and also to me it sort of has similarities to some of the other novels that you read. I mean, as in the, the full adult novels mm. where mm. they end up describing a a thing from someone else's position who doesn't know what it is. You know, it'd be like, yeah. a, you know, like, Oh, I think they're called blood angels, or I think they're called the Tau. <laughs> you know, that because they don't, they don't have much knowledge mm. of them because that's obviously the way the 40k universe works. So it's the same concept. We've got these like, Oh, what's that? You know, it's an alien. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, it's actually a Necron, you know? And mm. it, so it's not that far removed from the yeah. normal 40k novels. So I think that um, pick it up. I mean, obviously if you were lucky to pick it up on that day, like I said, you got it for 99p on audible. Mm. So it's <laughs> a bit of a no brainer really. So so yeah that's what i've been mm. listening to um yeah so we've both been really productive haven't we yeah we really we've have got it's getting stuff done well. yeah <laughs> oh man um <laughs> and let's let's be productive and let's have a break and have a great mm. drink because mm. we've got uh, you know a good chunk of news to get into uh, yeah. when we return so More every
1: minute As <laughs> exactly and obviously we'll
0: check to see what's happening on at aos day at the moment so mm. uh, back soon with some news We're back and we're very excited because mm. in the break stuff is dropping at AOS Day, and we're not going to talk about it yet because we'll wait for the official thing to show on the community page. But mm. looking at Twitter, there's uh, exciting times ahead. Yeah, <laughs> even Liz is excited. Even
1: Liz
0: is excited. <laughs> See, even you know what I mean, even Realm and Ruin cat is excited. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, she just
1: gored me. I think she's excited about the new York tome. <laughs>
0: <gasps> what have you said? Oh, no, that's right, this it's will fine. be revealed by the time anyone listens yeah, to this yeah. anyway. <laughs>
1: It'll be fine. Oh, God, it has got to be really good, actually. This is a white shirt. I don't want to get red on it.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Blood for the blood god. Mm-hmm. But, right, let's talk about the news. Uh, we'll, so we'll, we'll catch up on that new the breaking news a bit later, yeah. probably in yeah. about 20 minutes' time. So we'll crack on with... <laughs> what's already been announced before we get into that so uh yeah so we'll start with 40k um a few 40k things um i think i think it was last episode i think there was a lot of 40k stuff and then there was like no aos stuff and it's sort of quite mm. flipped <laughs> on, yeah. on, its, uh, <laughs> on itself so yeah starting with 40k stuff uh there's two new start collecting boxes which should be out now i think as of today i believe, I believe or so, yeah us, yeah um so that's the thousand suns and the Space Wolves Primaris boxes, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, let's be honest, more start collecting boxes is always a good thing because it saves money for people. So yeah. it's never yeah. never a bad thing. Um, I, I, in my personal opinion, is there a, a bit of a mixed bag in the sense that I think if you're into Thousand Suns or want to get into Thousand Suns, that's a very good box. You've got oh, Araman, yeah. yeah. Rubrics and Zangors. That's a very good box start, you know, you know, and it's actually one of those few that's actually got a named character in it. That's mm. very unheard of there in the start is. collecting boxes. There's only a few.
1: Think, are there any others off the top of my head?
0: Uh, the Death Watch one does. That has, ah, uh, yeah. watched, uh, that has oh, uh, Captain that's, Artemis yeah. in it. But I mean most <laughs> but because like in the actual tabletop he's not that great. Most mm. people end up turning him into a watch captain, a ah, generic yeah. one of some yeah. sort. Uh I mean I mean with with this one, uh with the Thousand Sons one, you you could easily do that with Araman as in you mm. you'd you'll want Araman in your in your army realistically, but if you bought a second box, you know you bought two of these boxes, then you could always turn him into another type of sorcerer really, yeah. you know, yeah. just do a bit of converting. It's not the end of the world or mm. Sell him <laughs> if he <you> wanted, <laughs> you know. You're still make, getting a good deal on this, oh, yeah. um, yeah, you know. So it's no, and it's good. It's you know, the, to me, all, every army like this should have it. You know, I know mm. Thousand Sons is a relatively small army compared to some of the others, but it need, you know, it sh- there's no reason it shouldn't have one. Uh, I think with the Space Wolves one, because obviously, this mm. one's not uh, you know, is okay. It's, this is obviously you get, um, the what's it, the battle captain, is it that's not what his name, yeah, is? battle leader, battle, battle leader. leader. The one from Tooth and Claw, which mm. is, um, is it Haldor Ice Pelt, I want to say. Yes. I think that's his name. Yep. So you get him, uh, you get squad of intercessors, squad of aggressors. Uh, so basically it's the marine side of Tooth and Claw, I think, minus a Dreadnought, obviously. Mm. And you get, you know, obviously the upgrade sprue as well. Um, I mean, realistically, it is a Space Force box, but it could be any Space Marine Primaris box. It is mm. quite generic. Yeah. Because ultimately you could make them you know a normal non-space wolf <laughs> marines. so you know i mean it's not, again it's not a bad thing it's mm. you know it's a good saving it's just and probably not as exciting as the thousand suns one really but yeah you know yeah. depends who you collect really but mm. yeah they're they're out, mm. um, out about. <laughs> right what's next sisters of battle cameron as mm. uh they showed a bit more off, didn't they yeah Was it about a week or two ago now mm.
1: Yeah, and they showed effectively a full sister squad worth of sisters, mm. it looks like. Uh and they all yeah. look gorgeous. Is yeah, what they, they look do look, look like.
0: gorgeous. Good lord.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for those still. <laughs> I've I've yeah. got one, I've got Sister Superior, but Ah, oh, I could have more sisters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's great. I mean, they they're delivering what they said they would do. They're showing mm. more off, and we're now seeing full, almost good as full units now. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously we're still we don't know obviously dates and and things like that. But you know we're we're edging closer. You know the fact that we're seeing this shows that I don't think we're that far away. No, I think we're no. looking. You know, I, I think something towards the end of the year may happen. I think. Mm. Yeah, I will be shocked if they don't. But I, um, I,
1: I would be it, shocked if it wasn't at least in time for Christmas.
0: Mm, like it I, would make I, so much sense.
1: I feel it's either in the next month or it's sometime in November. Like yeah, yeah, we'll see.
0: And also, they probably want to get the Codex out before Chapter Approved mm, 2019, which yeah. probably be around January. You know, Christmas to January, like December. Mm, mm, yeah, January time. So yeah, oh, but who knows. Yeah, you know, only they do. <laughs> um, and the last bit of forty k news, again, sort of off the back of what we're talking about, Tooth and Claw. The Spirit Seer, the Eldari mm-hmm. Spirit Seer, is now available separately. That was the sort of HQ unit that came with Tooth and Claw, along with uh, all the other rate. No, from stuff. Wake,
1: Wake the Dead. Tooth and Claw, Wake the, the Dead. Gene Sealers aberrant guy yeah sorry oh they all mixed into one yeah so that was the yeah yeah so you're right there yeah the 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 space wolf stuff was tooth and claw because it It was
0: was space wolves versus gene stealer cult, yeah and wake the dead was ultramarines versus eldari yeah Mm. yeah
1: yeah just i need to interject here uh drew your comment has been noted uh that's all
0: oh (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh,
1: yeah! I don't even know what comment it is. Uh, he, he says he says they misspelled "Tomb Kings" on on the front of one of the new battle tomes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. Anyway, you know, how about uh, how about we jump into Age of Sigma? Some Age of Sigmas? Oh, it's an exciting day for that today But will the breaking news comes later. The less breaking yes. news comes now. The Sylvaneth Battle Tome is finally out. Uh, and yes. It, it seems fine. Uh, everyone who's mm-hmm. reviewed it reviewed it like a month and a half ago, but whatever, it's mm-hmm. fine. I- I'm happy yeah. for the Sylvanf players.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're always <laughs> a solid army. They're they're you know this has obviously been delayed because of obviously all the the issues that you know where it's been probably stuck in mm-hmm. a, on a boat somewhere for a long time. Yeah. Um, so no, it's great. And you know without going over it, the tomes out, the dice are there. You know, there's the uh, the War Scroll cards. You know, it's just mm. the, you know... It's as a, a standard as always. yeah. Yeah, so it's all out, and obviously the Wildwoods and, mm. and the spells mm. are all out, or Although, out as of today. Yeah, yeah, mm. they're,
1: they're out, they're out uh, from last weekend, but, or the weekend mm. before, or whatever. But, I, think
0: I think it's today, actually. Well, maybe, it's today. maybe
1: it is today. Uh, someone made the mm. very good point that uh, Sylvanath are Tyranids in Age of Sigmar now uh, because Kernoth Hunter's got a new ability that, if they are within range of a command ability, other units within twelve inches of the Colonel Hunters are also within range of that same command ability. So oh, okay. you, you can build like a synapse web using Colonel Hunters instead of Tyrannorians. Oh, oh,
0: that's cool! Yeah, that's cool. It's really interesting, mm. actually. Well, very <laughs> cool indeed. So, so yeah, and yeah, and I'm and also I'm very pleased for the Sylvanath players because obviously it must be frustrating oh, when yeah. you know your tome is coming I mean it's bad enough when you don't know your tome is coming <laughs> but it's worse when you know it's coming and you can't yeah. get your hands on it so yeah, yeah that's that's cool that That's and obviously it's <laughs> now freed it up for mm. what we're about to talk about next which is obviously <laughs> Warcry War Cry. so uh, right, so obviously in the last sort of week we've obviously seen all the, the main reveals of what's mm-hmm. happening, so as of today they're coming up for pre-order, and it's actually a two-week yeah. yeah. pre-order window, which mm-hmm. is probably quite sensible on, yeah. uh, on oh, GW's part.
1: Definitely very sensible. Uh, it's also, there should be copies in Games Workshop stores for you to look at, because I know that's one at my local store. Uh, they have a big box that they have, I think mm-hmm. just... I think I think the manager ran out of time and had to build it this morning uh but <laughs> it's it's there uh, it's there yeah. for you to look at and play with so mm. oh man this yeah. game is, this game is really exciting <laughs> i really it like really this game really is actually
0: I mean, I must admit, as anyone listening knows, that I, I was always a bit lukewarm of it uh, at the start. And I'm definitely coming round to it now. I think the more I'm mm. seeing of it, the more that the effort they're putting in. I'm, I, yeah, I'm definitely on board with this. And obviously now the fact I'll be looking to play it next month is even mm. more exciting. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm really impressed with where they're doing this. Obviously, you've got a website now. There's mm-hmm. the, you know, attached to the AOS, you know, ageofsigma.com. There's Warcry uh page now where you can see Becca Scott uh mm-hmm. telling you how to play it roughly which is uh, great it's 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 a very <laughs> in theory if you get around to checking out the rules it's actually a very simple game um not in a I I don't think in a bad way I know there's yeah. people like that probably thinking oh it's a bit simple but sometimes you need that I mean <laughs> it's funny because you know switching it to AOS cuz obviously to me AOS full yeah. AOS you know is is a more streamlined version of the game of a game compared to say 40k but yeah but once you start adding things in, it can then get complicated again, mm. you know, yeah, you know, is in the <laughs> sense, you know, when you're adding all these, uh, you know, artifacts, you know, realm rules, and I know yeah. a lot of it's optional, but obviously if you're trying to play what you'd consider the full game, it does, you know, it gets, it can add complexity. So having something simple like this where, you know, you basically not even roll, there's no real hit and wound. It's just one, <laughs> one roll mm. to see what you do and obviously doing potentially shed loads of damage. But, yeah, I mean, we'll touch upon this later because obviously we're going to be talking about Warcry in a bit more detail at the end of the show. So we'll just cover what's been announced and then do a bit more at the end, really. So, uh, so yeah. So we've obviously seen the other two new war bands that we mm-hmm. hadn't seen before, which was the Unmade and the Cipher Lords. Yep. I yep. love the Unmade. Uh-huh. They're probably my favorite. I just, they're <laughs> unsettingly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Cypher Lords are very nice as well. So, yeah, uh, have, you got, have you got a favorite that's um, of the, now that of, all six have been revealed?
1: Of all six, honestly, I'm still really a big fan of Splintered Fang and Corvus Cabal. Mm-hmm. I think they're still up there for me. But, yep. I love the Cypher Lords just because they are literally our first look into Haish. Like, they're the first. Thing we've ever seen from the realm of light, and they look great. <laughs> like this <they're> sort of <laughs> not not quite like Asian inspired style. Like it, there's definitely a bit of like the Rising Sun imagery and the like big curved swords and everything. But like mm-hmm. they're also very definitely their own thing, and they have lots of little sneaky surprises. I think you posted an image earlier where the uh, the leader has like a fan in front of their face and a bomb in one hand. But under the fan and cloak of the arm in front of their face, there's a third arm with another bomb yep. ready and stuff like that. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, there's, there's lots of really cool stuff with them. They look great. Um, and, mm. and Unmade are pretty, pretty radical as well. They're basically Silent mm. Hill monsters. Uh,
0: yep. <laughs> yeah, basically, and, yeah. Uh, hey, sort of-
1: yeah. if, if you've got a Night Lord's Space Marine, uh, Chaos Space Marine Army, uh, grab some for cultists, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very appropriate. Inspire Fair.
0: <laughs> yeah it's they're they're absolutely amazing i think overall as a as a mm. as a the from a a diversity point of view, oh, really. Yeah. I think all six war bands are so different. Mm. Um, so, and obviously different play styles, which obviously you'll find out when you end up getting into the rules and things like that. So, mm. and obviously, what's even more exciting is that they've shown off it, well, hinted at two more yeah. on the horizon, which is yeah. the Sky, was it the Scions of the Flame and the Spire Tyrants? Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. So, we're getting a band for Akshi. Which is good because I actually felt left out, honestly, from the, all these initial previews. Because like there, there's seven realms that these cultists could come from. Because we know they can't come from Azir because Sigma keeps the realm pure, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, Sigma, let the Skaven in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <good> but <laughs> like, yeah, like like one, once the Cipher Lords were, were revealed, everyone was a bit like, uh, so is actually just going to be like the Bloodbound? Do we just take the Shade Spire core minis for our actually based warbands or something? And no, no, there, there's something coming. Which is interesting, and then su- and then spire tyrants are great because everyone else is coming to the Varen spire to the old points to like fight for Archaon's approval, and these are the guys mm-hmm. that got here first. Like, yeah. nah, <laughs> yeah. were the ever chosen <laughs> marauders? Uh, <coughs> ever chosen marauders, not actual Chaos Warriors or anything even yet, but they're like they're like the the silhouette they've shown has like the big classic Chaos horned helmet. So mm-hmm. I really hope they're in, like an homage to all the old school goodness that chaos had during warhammer fantasy yeah that'd be definitely. great
0: yeah i I think also the fact that it's nice that we know that there's stuff on the horizon already you know mm. right because you know i mean let's be honest as good as these warbands are there may be not none that you really take your fancy not because you, you don't like them but you know there's just something that doesn't resonate with you mm. again there's two more on the horizon that equally could be the one bat you know warband that gets you into it obviously in addition to the the non-chaos ones that we obviously have been revealed. Uh, obviously, we've known for a little while what they are, but obviously now, as per the website, you can actually see which individual units you can use from the non-chaos factions to make mm-hmm. a warband with as well, Um which sort of ties in nicely with what uh, is actually being released. So, yeah, obviously we got the starter set, which mm-hmm. <laughs> looks amazing, value for money. Yeah. I've just looked on Alchemist actually while we, while mm-hmm. you are talking, so it you know it's hundred pounds. Straight off, they're doing it for seventy eight pounds. I mean, seventy eight pounds for That's all that steel. plastic and yeah, <laughs> is, is amazing, and it's now <laughs> severely tempting me. Uh, mm. So you know, you get like I said, the two war bands. You get your, all the. I mean, it's worth it, probably all for the terrain that comes in it. It's, oh, yeah. it's absolutely gorgeous. The you know the book. Um, I mean, key thing to know about the book, which is when I was watching a review of it last night, is that a lot of the cards, because obviously people mm. were concerned about like the uh, the twist cards, the battle plan cards, and all that, that which is how you set up a game. And what its conditions going to be? Uh, they're all printed at the back of the book as well, mm. so you can always you know photocopy them or okay, you know roll yeah. a dice to to sort of mm. you know pick which one etc. Uh, so obviously as well as the two war bands, the Iron Golems and the uh, Untamed Beast, the Cipher Lords are, are separate as well. So there's, so there's three war bands day one, and then obviously yep. the other three will probably follow shortly. Mm. Um, and then obviously we got all the Ravaged Lands, which are the are the uh, the extra terrain boxes yeah, and I think there's probably are, more being shown off today yeah, I think um, as well
1: one has been shown off this is technically part of breaking news but whatever it's the shattered <laughs> it's the shattered storm vault so it's all the new storm vault terrain in a box with oh, a map that's great Uh which yeah looks incredible because uh, like like man if that if that comes at a discount based on Compared to buying it all separately, because buying it all separately is bloody expensive, because it is big bits of terrain. Um, (laughs) I I will probably grab one of those, because that's, that's some good looking stuff.
0: Um. (laughs) It certainly is. Yeah.
1: And, uh, like, I really like these as a comparison to, like, the Kill Team terrain expansions, because those had a decent amount of terrain in it, but these look packed to the complete brim (laughs) with stuff. Like, the, the, the currently announced one is essentially the Sigmarite Mausoleum. Uh, which, as people who've been listening to know, I picked up a, a little while back, and it, uh, that was a inc- ridiculous amount of terrain just in that box. As it is. So if, if these <laughs> yeah. are if these are along the same like level of that, it's going to be great. It's yeah, be really they're good. definitely going
0: all out on this as well, aren't they? They really um. are trying to add what they can to it. Um, and I see, uh, in addition to that, obviously you've got the non-chaos mm-hmm. faction war band cards. So obviously, if yep. you want to. You know, play Stormcast and uh, Nighthaunt and everyone else in Mm. the game. You just grab a pack of cards. They're pretty reasonably priced from what I've seen. They're not Mm. overly expensive. Uh, You get the cards to to be able to play them. Happy days. Um, They have also done battle plan cards, which again is connected to obviously the conditions of the game, you know, with the wind conditions where you deploy, etc. I'm not, the only thing I'm not entirely sure on is whether those battle plan cards are, are different to the ones that come with the starter box or mm. they're to buy. If you don't get the starter box, I'm not mm. entirely, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, it could be one or the other, but yeah. I'm sure we'll find out soon. Yeah. We'll uh, know, there's I'm a war sure. cry ruler. Um mm-hmm. If you want to, you know, something that's a <laughs> bit you more, really want. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, obviously, you got the obligatory carry case, similar to what they mm-hmm. do with, like, uh, Whambo Underworlds and Kill Team, etc. Yeah. So you can get, obviously, yeah. a small carry case to take your bands along to wherever you play. So, mm. yeah. yeah, exciting. Very exciting. So, uh, But, again, we'll, we'll cover Warcry at the end of the show anyway. So mm. that is what is on yeah. the horizon. There's two weeks. It's coming out 3rd of August. And... I think most people are very excited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to sum it up, um, right. So we'll get into. So what we'll do is we'll cover all the other news uh, mm-hmm. that's been going on the non 40k AOS stuff, and then we'll switch back to hopefully what's broken <laughs> 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 news wise <laughs> at the end of that. So, uh, so yeah, we've got the the blood bowl uh, wood elves are coming mm-hmm. out. I think must be up for is it up for pre order out this week? No, it's out this week actually. Out this week, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, they're out today. So, mm-hmm. uh, cool. I mean, that's not that's what's quite good is that's not taking that long to from reveal to release actually. Because yeah, as yeah. we've seen with some other stuff, that you see it and then you you don't see it for six mm-hmm. months, and then oh yeah, I forgot about those. And then mm-hmm. these were only revealed a few weeks ago. Yeah, you know, realistic within the last month. So, mm. if you're into Blood Bowl, Wood Elves are out there as well. Yeah, so there
1: you go. Go get them. <laughs> Go they, get them. They do look good. <laughs> if you can
0: catch them. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I to, yeah. <laughs> They're a bit quick. <laughs> uh. um, what else we got? Uh, so, regarding Deptus Titanicus, you got the, the new knight set as well, which is mm-hmm. the, uh, the Perforian. Is that Perforian? Yep. Yeah. Like that. yeah. Uh, it, that's the ones with lots of guns. Yeah. It, it,
1: it's the big stocky knight that's basically a Titan at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is the warlord titan of knights uh yes I'll, i will own one one day <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah again it's it's great you know shows more they're still supporting mm. adeptus titanicus so yeah yeah, yeah i think again they're out as of today it's all part yeah. of this sort of Big release. Um, yeah. Now Earth. traveling to Middle Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The you've got the the scouring of the Shire, which yeah. um, And plus additional models because so there's a new book. Um, it's basically to recreate sort of I think what happens, sort of basically what happens after. Mm. So I think it's what happens after. Yeah, yeah. The, it it is the
1: um, epi- epilogue of Lord of the Rings, effectively, mm. which wasn't in yeah. the movies. But spoilers, if you've only watched the movies, in the books they come back home and it's all gone to shit. <laughs>
0: Um, yes yeah it's not it's not that happy wedding no. uh situation that i mean been. i mean i mean they
1: get to that but they have to kill a bunch of random people uh, to get there yeah that's
0: that's true yeah, <laughs> yeah so so yeah again if you're into middle earth um yeah new book mm. new models yeah you know, go check it out uh right and probably the last bit of really interesting news. now this <laughs> this is something that i don't think most Ooh. of us expected Ooh. so mm. eisenhorn tv show now this is one of those say what <laughs> moments um i mean amazing amazing yes. news i mean yes. they, they had hinted that they were working on a tv show probably not mm. i don't think it was that long ago and obviously for most of us we probably thought it was space marines and things like that. and yeah it's heisenhorn i mean oh, yes <laughs> man I'm, I'm
1: so so here for this Oh, this is <laughs> uh, I, what I actually really like is that they are being pretty open about this because uh they 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 made a handy dandy little flow chart on uh, the community mm-hmm. post about it. And one of the things was it, it once they get through all this, they showed all the stuff that has to be done before they can even begin any form of actual production on the show. Before they can, mm-hmm. you know, get approval or to actually start shooting and everything like that. And there's a lot of stuff they have to go through, but they're telling us what it is and yep most importantly they said whether or not it succeeds or gets lost in the war forever so like they're admitting that this may not work and that is good because it means that if it's not up to their standards they will stop it. they'll stop it they'll cut their losses they'll go we'll try this again some other time and we won't end up yeah. with the ultramarines movie but a tv show hopefully Thank <laughs> God. that's that's my only fear <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but like, but the, but the, that's the way to do it. Is mm. you know, like you said, is make it a situation where you're not pr- you're not promising things. You're going, look, this is our plan. We're going to mm. see if it works. It yeah. will, it either will or it won't. And mm. you know, like I said, if it works, then win win for all of us. You know, exactly. be the, you know, if it's amazing, but if it doesn't, like I said, go back to the drawing board. Maybe try again. I mean, the good thing is that which sort of ties into the price increases and all these things lately, because um, mm. there's been a couple of good articles around on the internet where basically explaining that GW, you know, has probably done a lot of these recent price increases just to, you know, help fund things as, as they mm. push forward. Cause obviously they're in a good position that they, they own a lot of the premium, they own everything that they have, yeah. you, know, uh, yeah. you know, and things like that. So it, it means they've got more money to play with in a sense. Cause, mm. So, you know, like, like we've said in previous episodes, a, a profitable GW is a buoyant GW, which means mm. they can then take a bit more risks when it yeah. comes to things. Yeah. They're not worried so much about the bottom line, basically. So, mm. where they can do stuff like this and go, you know what, we're going to make a TV show. Yeah, that's yeah. how it goes, you know. And and mm. and obviously, they luckily based it around one of the most <laughs> yeah, iconic yeah. 40k characters. Um, yeah. Oh, so it's gonna be good. Uh, just mm. just
1: to decide, you, did you see in those articles that uh, the people who dug into it says that Games Workshop actually pays full tax properly? I'm like, that doesn't seem. Yeah. Right. What what yeah, company does they, that in these days? But I guess it's them. I, but
0: <laughs> but I, I, I think I without so, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way. I mm. mean I think because GW are still quite old school at mm-hmm. their heart. Sometimes I mean they're they're not in the sense that they're you know look at all the wonderful modern things they're starting to do so yeah. but i think at their core they're still quite you know doing things the proper way for better or worse you know mm. sometimes that can be a good thing sometimes that can be a bad thing obviously paying your taxes properly obviously you're not used to doing weird offshore shenanigans to <laughs> yeah. you know, to 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 save money is you know i mean you could look at it one way you think well come on you're being silly why why you know you're losing money that way but then you mm. could look at the other way they're doing the, the, the moral thing to do yeah. and yeah it means that you know they they they're hearty at their core really which is sort of what they are and mm. ultimately they're now becoming you know financially a very solid company so oh, yeah absolutely. you know I think fair play fair play to them for but you know <sighs> it's it's an expensive hobby oh, yeah. Will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so what we'll do actually should we talking of eisenhorn because this sort of mm. ties in to um Haldon 44 striker on our yes. discord who basically mm. asked yeah uh, so this is look like, almost like an additional podcast question Mm. is basically who do we think will be in it and who would play the various characters so yeah uh right so uh, i mean right so let's obviously start (laughs) with eisenhorn um so yeah what's your gut feeling who you think would be appropriate for um if you had to pick
1: First off, it depends very much on the era of Eisenhorn. Like, is this mm. young Eisenhorn? Is this old Eisenhorn? Is this Eisenhorn mm-hmm. after all after all of the books? Where is this shitty old man? Um, because I think either way, regardless of era, there's one proper choice, and that's Nicholas Cage. <laughs> no, no, not actually. But I, I mean, I could see it working. But at the same time, no, that's mostly a joke. Um, I feel if we're going mm. old I- Eisenhorn, I kind of want like. Patrick Stewart, maybe, or, like, Ian yeah. McKellen for, like, the, the yeah. old, old grumpy, bold Eisenhorn clanging around shouting at people, I think would be really mm-hmm. great. Uh Young Eisenhorn, I'm not so sure. Maybe part of me part of me is, like, if Jake Gyllenhaal changed his... That, that is the guy, right? The guy from the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like if he changed his hair up and, like... Because he's a good actor. I feel like mm. he he could do a young Eisenhorn reasonably well. I'd be
0: into it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I could I could see that. I mean yeah, I, I think well, I mean, if you go on the internet, mm. uh Mark Strong is a very popular uh, yeah. uh candidate. That's um fair. I could see Mark Strong doing that. I mean he is actually technically the voice of Eisenhorn in the in the video oh. game. Oh yeah. so so that sort of ties in nicely. So I um my sort of thought would be, I mean, is well, I say it. I did think Mark Strong, and then everyone else did. Mm. And like, you know, when you think, oh, great, I've got a great idea. Yeah, oh, yeah. everyone's thought the same. I I'm mean, it, not it a does, special snowflake.
1: It, it does kind of have the face.
0: I've yeah, that, well, that's what I mean. That's what I I thought of, and he's obviously, you know, he can... If you, <laughs> so, I'm sorry, my um, bra-
1: my brain just, in my head, I just said, that's one Warhammer-looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: Mark Strong, you're very handsome, but you also look very yeah. gothic.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, but then I think that's why it's appropriate. My other thought, thought for Eisenhorn mm. was uh, Toby Stevens. Now, Toby Stevens... Is uh if you watch Black Sails, the pirate uh, TV show, he's Captain Flint. Um, I am he's not, a.
1: But I'm looking. Okay, up now, oh yeah, no, I can see this. That yeah, he's a, he's a
0: British actor. He's um, mm. he's been in he's been in things. He's one of those you you probably know him, mm. but he wouldn't. He's the he's actually the the son of Maggie Smith, who's a yeah. um, who's Maggie Smith is the mm. uh la, older lady out of Harry Potter. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, the Scottish. Well, she plays a Scottish mm. lady. Yeah. Um can't remember her character's name. But yeah, so <laughs> he 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 would be quite appropriate. He's got the sort mm. of look that yeah. could pull it off potentially. Yeah. But um oh um
1: I know. Hear me out. We make a deal with Hideo Kojima to get partial custody of Mads Mickelson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, And then I say, we I'd, get
1: Norman Reedus for Fishig. Yeah. It'll be perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually talking talking of fishing I was sort of thinking um either maybe Josh Brolin um, mm. yeah good choice or maybe Joel Kinnaman um oh, Joel yeah. Kinnaman is the, the guy who played the most mm. recent RoboCop quite yeah. a tall guy he's been in yeah. like Suicide Squad and um oh what that was that Netflix program the 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 just the oh the Blade Runner one oh, ah, I can't remember yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't know know what it's RoboCop. called. I can't remember what it's called yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, I know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> So um yeah, but, you know, there's potential ideas. Um, so I think mm. of, I think. Right, the one of Nail, right? Now, Nail yeah. would be a, a... I know you're obviously getting in the realms of, Ra- of raven because like, obviously they mm. sort of overlap, but yeah. I was thinking maybe Jason Statham, or uh, uh, even maybe Dave Bautista. Um, Dave
1: Bautista, I think, would be better, just because he's yeah. a, a big, thick guy. <laughs> like yeah, really, that's true. really, really yeah. heavy. Because that's how Nail's always described, he's, he's wearing the mm. body glove got a gun and he's got no hair. That's all you need to know about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so
0: yeah, I think they would work. Um, what else did I think? Um, I think for Beckwin, I was mm-hmm. thinking Kate Beck and Sale. Maybe choice. I think yep, she's she's got choice. that sort of look. I think mm. she got that look. Um, I was thinking for Cara Swall, mm. um, maybe. Mila Yovich, or because yeah. mm. um, obviously she's because I think in the thing she's sort of got like a slightly Eastern European mm. act, she would do like in the yeah. well, in the audiobook, she has like an Eastern <laughs> European accent, and um, you know, she's sort of that sort of sexy but tough mm. sort of role, really. Um, or the other person I put for her, which I, I don't know if anyone really knows, she's I think she, Florence Pugh, she's basically um, in that mm. new is it a horror film. Is it, it Midsummer? Is that that new film? Uh,
1: I've heard of that. I've not seen it.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh. She's the main woman in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was in Outlaw King if on Netflix mm. with Chris Pine. That's a really good film, actually. Um yeah. I don't know. She's just got... If you ever look at any mm. pictures of... Mm. cara Swall in like the art she looks has that sort of similar look to her yeah. i don't know i'm just i think that's a good call i think these are
1: yeah. all excellent ideas we should submit our pitch to Games Workshop. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> well the thing is we're we we the, look let's let's be honest the secret is mm. cameron and i are going to play eisenhorn and Ravenna. yeah okay yeah um, i'm going to be the a coin who's who
1: no, I'm going to be the legs. You'll be the head. Uh, good. remember he has to yeah. be able to reach high enough to cut a dreadnought in half. So he has to be yeah.
0: quite tall. Yeah, that's true. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that. so if we go on a hiatus for a while, you'll know what we're doing. That's not Eisenhower, <laughs> That's
1: two grognards and a trench coat. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, oh my
1: God. No, okay. Enough. Yeah. Basically right, it, so... it, it, it may or may not eventually happen, but if it does, we're yes. very excited for it. And it, it's yep. good to see Games of taking steps in these directions. Now, kindly direct your attention towards the Warhammer community page.
0: I'm already there, mate. Excellent. Already there. Excellent. Breaking new, news time.
1: New two battle tomes. First up, we've got Auric War So, Auric War Clans is Iron Jaws and Bone Splitters in one thick, beautiful book. Green is Makes fast. sense. Yeah.
0: Pure makes sense. hmm uh, Putting together. Because... So- they don't yeah. have that many units between them. Not really. You know, if no. you sort of think they're a bit... No. They're great units, but a bit thin on the ground. Yeah. Put uh, them together.
1: So, we are going to have allegiance abilities and sub-factions for Iron Jaws and Bone Splitters, as well as a third set of allegiance abilities for the Big War, which is mm. both forces working together. So, you can still run solo Iron Jaws. You can still run solo Bone Splitters but I'm assuming optimally you'll put them together and make beautiful yep. green love on the battlefield. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't go where <laughs> I was thinking it was going to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're saying the durability of fine Jaws complemented by fast movement and range in the bone splitters is pretty good. More magic laws, more artifacts, more ways to unleash mayhem. Um Yeah, that's all they're telling us about this book so far, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, it's an exciting idea. I haven't spied any new models yet. But if I if I see any, I'll let you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm scouring these images. I'm not seeing any. Uh, but we're also getting. Do you want to take this one? I've spoken about this. Yeah, I mean, tell us I'm about very. This ex- one.
0: <laughs> I'm very excited about this one because Ooh, yes. I'm excited for for multiple reasons. Because I think I'm excited mainly because. It's one of these situations where we're, we, I don't mean you and I, but as in the collective, we're getting what we wanted. How mm. many times have you been on AOS forums, websites, wherever, and they're like, please, please do a free guild battle tome and include everyone else in it as well. So mm. that is what has happened. We are now yeah. getting Cities of Sigma battle tome. Yes. yes. So free also, guilds. You've got the shit. Wanderers. That cover up, by what? the way. That cover up. It looks so amazing, doesn't it? It's, <laughs> it is absolutely amazing uh, cover to it, and, and actually mm. they cheekily put some stormcast in the background as yes. well. Um, well, because you can take uh, them in the book. <laughs> exactly. Mm. So yeah. So basically, they've they've done what I think a lot of people on that side of things were hoping is they've amalgamated all the the free guilds mm. the the uh we got the the dispossessed in there as well yeah. i presume yeah. looking at it because they've got uh scourge you've got privateers, the wanderers scourge S- privateers so you've got the old dark elves mm-hmm. or the equivalent of dark elves in there as well but obviously they've even mentioned here at the bottom you can add just your, your stormcast mm. your Caradron on overlords your sylvaneth they've literally tied pretty much all the remaining mm. you know sort of sub factions of order together yeah. basically which Ooh. is what we were hoping they would do
1: Let's have a look at this. You'll be able to add Stormcast Eternals, on Overlords, and Sylvaneth into certain free cities' armies not as allies, but as a part of the main force.
0: Ah, oh, see, Ooh. that's... So basically, they've created mixed order yeah. battle time, basically. Yeah. That is what they've done. Uh, they've, so I, I, what I see, used to be the old Grand Alliance. Yeah,
1: yeah. I see, I see what it is. So it's Cities of Sigmar, so they, they say they have six sets of allegiance abilities, which means they have rules for six different cities, and depending on the city, mm. they can take Carriage Stormcast or Sylvaneth as part yeah. of the core group. So, like this Hammer, is ha- Hammerhole, Gyra would be Sylvaneth and Stormcast added in stuff like that. I guess mm-hmm. like e- Excelsior, yeah. or Excelsis, or whatever. If they have that, in there would be Carriage Overlords mixed in yeah. stuff like that. Oh. Yeah. Oh, this, it, this is, is, really is Like I so said, I'm
0: just I'm over I'm over the moon. Um, <laughs> mm. Just mainly for Pete, for for the community. I'm just over the moon mm. that they're doing this because oh, yeah. it just shows. I know it's I know. I know you could look at it in one sense that you think, hang on, this is a pretty obvious move to do, but seeing it actually happen is still a different Mm. thing. We all think, oh, well, they should do this, obviously. But then that doesn't always actually happen in reality, and this is actually like, yes, they're actually doing what they should be doing. They're amalgamating Mm. them all together and in what seems to be a quite exciting way. And also, this is what I mentioned to you before, when we were sort of gushing over it in the Mm -hmm. break, is the fact that this then, you know, sort of solidifies these factions. Because obviously, let's be Mm. honest, when you have factions, say you're a Wanderers, um, you know, collector, Mm. uh, at the end of the day, yes, they've been in the recent uh, General's Handbook, but, you know, next year they could be gone from it hypothetically. This sort of solidifies them in that, no, Mm. Wanderers aren't going anywhere. They're part of a battle zone now. They're not just going to just randomly ditch them. They've sort of... You know, obviously you could argue, you know, like what's going to happen to the old High Elves, because we, I, you know, we're not, I don't know if they're definitely in yet, because I don't, have we actually seen, um, you know, I, so. so
1: Spruce and Bruce on Twitter have been posting pictures in the display case that they're showing the Cities of Sigmar battle Tome off in, they do have like Temple, uh, Phoenix Temple Guard. Uh, uh, oh, yes, you did them. say so, that. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling like if this is basically, as you said, going to be mixed order as it's going to be. I feel like it's gonna be basically everyone except Daughters of Cain and Eidneth Deepkin. Mm.
0: <laughs> which yeah. is probably we,
1: which is as it should be. Like instead yeah, of instead exactly. of Grand Alliance order where they're like, oh, these guys are cool, we'll fight alongside, and they'll go, No, no, the Eidneth and the Daughters of Cain mm. are actually pretty creepy. They get their own books. Everyone else yeah. gets this book. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're you're all in this one. Yeah. I mean mm. and it's good. I mean it's it's quite good for me actually, because like when I was at uh Warhammer World a couple of months ago, I ended up buying mm some mixed order units for to potentially do a mixed order army Mm. later down the line i was basically picking units i picked like uh sisters of the thorn Mm. and uh like lion rangers and stuff but then now in a way i can this will be actually nicely (laughs) in this uh battle tome now so yeah yeah, i i i think this is absolutely fantastic and i mean i'm 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 happy for both i'm happy for the yeah, mm. yeah, iron jaws and bone splitter fans out there as well. But I'm particularly happy for the Cities of Sigma because I think that Oh yeah. Yeah. This there was are, needed.
1: There are a lot of very happy people.
0: Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and also it's now if you think now, going based on what was revealed at Warhammer Fest, obviously now we've had a destruction battle time and now an order mm. battle time. Um obviously we still got the there could be more of each. Yeah. You know, they've never said that was they said at least one, so we've yeah. definitely so we've yeah, um, there's a good chance we've still got a Chaos and chaos, a, a Death, one, death still one still to yeah. come. Oh, man. So this... Yeah. Mm. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm calling it... It's going to be Slaves to Darkness and Soul Blight. It's got to be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think so. They need I think updating. so, too. Oh, man. Yeah. This is
1: so good. <laughs> I mean,
0: because now if you think about it from an order perspective, now that mm. all these are tied together, you're pretty much all, only really missing the Seraphon, Um mm. Yeah. The light shadow elves, yeah. you know, whenever mm-hmm. that's a thing. Whenever um, <laughs> Is there anyone else, like, really that's properly missing um, from this? I think like, Seraphon's I the main one. I would oh, say they, as well.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, Caradron have a ton, technically, but, like, I would say... Yeah. I meant an updated one, yeah. Yeah, uh, for updates, I would say Gutbusters. Uh, mm-hmm. where, where are all my beautiful ogres going to go? Because I hope they're alright. I would like... Yeah. I would. I would like another destruction battle tome that is like Ogre Clans or whatever. And it has Beast Claw Raiders and Gutbusters and the Fire Bellies and everything like mm-hmm. that together. Yeah, because again, they are. Like, this is the same thing. as, like in the beginning of Age of Sigma, things became needlessly disparate, and this is again more steps towards folding things together that should have always been together. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that's what. That's the point I was making there about mm. it, that. You know, you may look at this from the perspective of, well, yeah, this should be a thing anyway, but, you know, it it still happened. And yeah. So we're still entitled to get excited about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm really so, into yeah. it, this. Yeah. And this is done. great. <laughs> I mean, look, it's, this is still early days. You know, it's still mm. only a couple hours into this AOS yeah, day. There's uh, still probably more to come. So they're like, push mm. here you go, two battle tomes. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's the only breaking news we've got as of, now i'm sure we'll be talking about some things a bit later in the show (laughs) um so we'll take our next little break um and then when we return we're going to talk about the shield that slays back soon hello and welcome back Hold on to your seats. We're going for a bumpy ride <laughs> with cannon conflicts and all sorts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so as described earlier, we are going to do an over- overview of the Death Watch. Um, just, you know, just so you know what these guys get up to in their spare time and whilst at work. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll cover, like I said, we're not ba- we're basing it on sort of the general law, uh, things like the recent codex, or fairly recent codex, and obviously what we know historically. Um, but sort of what I just hinted at a second ago, um, the canon when it comes to Death Watch is a bit odd, in the sense there's a lot of, com- you know, a bit of conflict up there, because I think f- basically, in a nutshell, obviously prior to recent years, the Death Watch was sort of slightly neglected law wise re- in reality, uh, mm. you know, in years gone by. And then effectively they, the was it uh, Fantasy Flight Games, used to do mm. the role-playing uh, books and games, you know, a bit like Dungeons and & Dragons. And they sort of obviously did their own lore. And then that sort of, as of a couple of years ago, when obviously they started doing proper Death Watch codexes, they've sort of ended up... Uh, well not necessarily directly conflicting but sort of conflicting or not saying that something isn't true but they're not saying it is true you know you get these sort Mm. of weird realms of what's true and what's not so some of the things we may say you may you you may think hang on where's that said and it's it's been said or you know it is part of the law at one point it may have been contradicted at some point it may not be you know Mm. just sort of some of these bits you just have to just roll with it (laughs) basically you know it's just the way it is because unfortunately it's not for a lot of the things they're not there's not a straight yes that's correct now that's not correct that's been contradicted it's just a well Mm. they've not mentioned it anymore but that doesn't mean it's not true (laughs) you know it's that sort of situation really so that's sort of a a bit of a disclaimer really before we say some of the stuff because you know, there could be a bit of com- confliction, but that's just the way the Death Watch are at the moment. Maybe that's what they want us to think. It's mm. all part of the It's the Inquisition's yeah. plan, oh, really. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, misdirection and all that. Mm. Uh, maybe Zinch is at hand, really. Oh, ah. oh, mm. oh, the mind boggles. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's start with who they are. Let's start in basic terms. So, who are the Death Watch? Well, basically, the Death Watch are the chamber militant of the Auto Xenos. That's the, obviously, the part of the. Inquisition that's you know obviously based with uh, or tasked with uh, dealing with all the xenos threats there in the in the galaxy and mm. let's be honest there is quite a few of them mm. uh, but effectively the whole point of the death watch in in cahoots with the Inquisition is to basically work together and obviously to deal with the Xenos threat. And obviously, but that can lead to confliction of their own, really, where they have, you know, basically different ideas between them. Um, I think historically or back in the day, i.e., the old sort of canon, mm. that the Inquisition basically were in charge of the Death Watch. Um, whereas in, like I said, in the more recent law, that has sort of been slightly retconned where they They work together, but they 're not directly controlled by the Inquisition anymore. Mm. The death Watch are their own thing. But saying that, an inquisitor may be in charge of a death watch mission, for example. You know, it's there is sort of slight overlap, but that's fundamentally what they are. They are there to basically deal with all the alien threats out there. So they're basically a force that's been designed to deal with all these threats. Uh, that's why they're called the Shield slays. Basically, they're they're effectively watching out for the Imperium. They're you know similar to your Night's Watch if you're into Game of Thrones. That's you know that's they're there to do basically. They're on the on the cusp on the fringes. There to basically, basically deal with any threats that may come their way or may start turning into a threat of some mm-hmm. sort. Um, obviously, as we know with the forty k universe, it, it's basically getting worse for the Imperium. Things and yeah. well, when is it not? <laughs> I mean, that's why it's grimdark. dark. <laughs> but uh, you know, so but obviously from a from a xenos point of view, uh, you know, obviously while the great knights and everyone are dealing with the the chaos side of things, the the Death Watch are there to basically. Uh, deal with all these xenos threats, but in the sense that there's there's more and more every you know as time goes on, mm. there's more and more to deal with. You know, there's Tyranids appearing, there's Necron tomb worlds that are waking up. You know, there's Tau doing their thing, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you know it's it's a lot to deal with. So basically, the fundamental their sort of basic terms, the the Death Watch are a collection of experienced Space Marines uh taken from all different chapters. We'll cover recruitment a bit later, but basically they've been brought together into kill teams these sort of small small squads uh to deal with the the xenos uh, because they've sort of realized that or fundamentally by doing it in sort of a covert ops type of way where you're you know picking highly experienced highly uh, motivated uh marines to take mm. out the uh, to take out the aliens um to basically try and take it out before military muscle is needed you know obviously mm. if the situation requires it then bring in the big boys with the big guns but if we can do it covertly then happy days uh so obviously that's where they may target enemy warlords to get the job done um being part of the death watch is deemed a great honor chapters are you know generally will only pick their best to uh, to go in the death watch not always their best that's an again when, I, when we cover recruitment we'll talk about that but fundamentally it is an honor it's not you know it's not a uh, it's not a, oh i've been called up it's not like it's not doing jury duty in real life We're like, oh, i've been called up this is you know this is you know you want to be part of the death watch it's a, you know it is a true honor to be part of it mm. um, and in recent times uh gilliman has ordered what's been called the ultimaris decree this is basically where he's realized how important the death watch are. and so he's basically you know given them a load of fresh primaris marines to basically bulk up their numbers and in turn will give we'll, you know will give them primaris just like all the other chapters that have been given them basically mm. so uh, and lastly uh, they're basically they use various specialist tactics they they're, they're all about gaining experience they then will you know basically fight together gain experience from that then they break off to then form new kill teams and then obviously then they give the experience to all the their new teams basically so it's fundamentally a very you know relatively small force but mm. you know highly specialized in what they do so yeah how did it all kick off cameron
1: so uh there's a couple of <laughs> there's a couple of conflicting stories about this again this is what this is mostly where uh, this all comes in with a warning from earlier uh so the uh the more generally accepted origins are traced back to 544M32, the arrival of the largest Orc War scene since the Ulnar Crusade. Um, so this was the time of the Beast, uh, which anyone familiar with uh, the deeper Orc background, I guess, would, uh, would know that the Beast was an immense Orcish warlord, literally tall as a building, incredibly intelligent. He was basically the Orcish emperor. Um, which, <laughs> uh, I mean, literally, yeah. Um, and he burned the galaxy down, nearly reached Holy Terror itself, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, now, this was this was a rough conflict. A lot of Space Marines died, uh, and the Lord Commander of the Imperium at the time devised a concept of utilizing small, elite kill teams of Space Marines to sort of pinpoint and break down key targets amongst the uh, mass of all because it's kind of pointless to just enter a long, protracted battle where you know you're going to run out of ammunition when there's still three billion orcs left. Um. <laughs> 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 and eventually, uh, the High Lords of Terra consented to this proposal and drew recruits from the survivors of all the various chapters that have been, you know, nearly wiped out by the, by this particular invasion. Uh, and standing in vigil over their fallen brethren, they became the Death Watch. Uh, and, you know, eventually... Inquisitorial representative Venant, uh, and the Lord Commander of the Imperium at the time came to agreement to assuage any doubts that Death Watch would be under the purview of the Inquisition, but would always have a Space Marine as the Chapter Master to help verify their not quite independence from the Inquisition itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that is the generally accepted version. However, there is a conflicting account. Which says, uh, a conclave of Inquisitor Lords, the Apocryphon conclave of Orphite Four, convened to formulate an Imperium-wide strategy to con- combat a multitude of Xenos, the multitude of Xenos threats. There's a lot going on, okay? There's Orcs, there's Eldar, <laughs> there's Tau, there's Necrons, there's Hrude, and a billion other things that aren- don't actually have models. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Most of the Inquisitors in this conclave were from the Order of Xenos, of course. Uh, They foresee an age where basically all the aliens would rise up and the glorious Imperium of Man would be tracked down into the Dark Ages because it's definitely not there already. Um, (laughs) And and essentially, this conclave, this meeting, effect this, this is a meeting to go, hey guys, how should we deal with this problem? But this meeting went on for literal years. Um, you know they're arguing back and forth. Should we purge all the aliens? Should we form alliances with some that we can, and then purge all the other ones, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Um, you know, like th- these things are waking up to enslave the galaxy. Aliens are coming from outside the galaxy. A bunch of puritanical inquisitors were running around saying, "You guys are saying the Imperium could ever be defeated. You're heretics. We should burn you." Um. <laughs> <laughs> Event, eventually, ah, simple times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, eventually, they came to the point of, okay, clearly, we're not getting anywhere with this. We need to talk to all the chapter masters of all the Space Marine chapters. Uh, to be fair, this was at a point where there were a lot less than a thousand. This was just after the second founding, as far as anyone can ascertain. So, they're more in the region of a few hundred chapter masters to deal with, instead of literally a thousand. So, not not quite a ridiculous undertaking uh the conclave spoke to all of them uh no one recorded the words because of course there was a secret meeting typical yeah uh but there, there were there enough chapter masters to sort of form a quorum and they withdrew to consider the matters uh at sunrise the next day they delivered their verdict uh the chapter masters and present inquisitors took an oath together to form a new chapter consisted of veteran space marines experienced in combating aliens it would be dubbed the Death Watch to stand do- guard against the doom foretold by this group of Inquisitors, and the it still stands, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, they take war against the aliens, wherever it, wherever it leads them, really. Um, so, essentially, in this version of it, the Death Watch is not subject to the rule of the Inquisition. They are partners working with the Ordozenos specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. like they, they aren't in charge of any inquisitors, no inquisitors are in charge of them, but there's that mutual understanding respect of, yeah, we've got to do this. Ah, so let's just work together and do our best. Uh, which is, <laughs> but look, quite rare for the Imperium. So good on them if this is the true account. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, th- th- essentially one way or another, we have a bunch of space Marines from. Oh, a ton of different chapters, a ton of different backgrounds, all working together in concert with one goal, and that is get these da- gosh darn aliens out of our areas. <laughs> We've got Gene Sealer Colts <laughs> rising up, we got Tau <laughs> telling people life can be better than getting a, f- getting a corpse starch ration at the start of your factory shift. You know, we can't have that. Get them out of here. Death Watch. <laughs> logo. Uh,
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I love that. laughs>
0: Cool. Yeah, that's how they started. But how do they get to be in the uh, mm. Death Watch? How do they recruit? So, you know, I sort of hinted at earlier, they they're not they don't come from near fights or anything like that. They're not they literally taken from all the you know the chapters that are willing to give because um, not literally every chapter mm. uh, gives to the Death Watch, but a lot do. You know, plenty do. Um, it's most of the ones that you would expect, plus a few other su- sort of surprises in there as well. Um, and basically, the the like I said earlier, that they, they are the elite of the elite. So fundamentally, the the chapters that give to the Death Watch are looking for basically the marines that are basically excelling at dealing with Xenos in their chapter. Because obviously it's a bit of a quandary for them because obviously I suppose in one sense you want, obviously naturally you want you want your chapter, you know, to do mm. well. You want your marines to improve, because obviously it aids your chapter, and in turn aids the Imperium, and then it obviously in turn uh, aids the Emperor. But obviously the flip side is obviously then there's a chance there'll be, you know, they will go on their way. It's like, I suppose, if, if you compare it to sports, it's like, uh, you know, if you've got a player that just gets really good, then it's good because it makes your team better, but then in turn, a bigger team may come along and buy them off you, <laughs> and you're like, oh, we don't have that player anymore. So it's sort of similar to that sort of situation. Mm. So So fundamentally what tends to happen is when a particular marine uh, of a particular chapter is showing real promise at dealing with Xenos, you know, they they've got a real hunger for it or a real skill, you know, I mean they're they're obviously they're skillful in what they do anyway they're a space marine, but if they're particularly excelling at dealing with Xenos um, then, you know, they'll get noticed, you know, it's almost like getting noticed for a promotion (laughs) you're putting in those that extra Xenos shift you know, doing your homework Uh, and basically what tends to happen is a, a marine then almost goes through like it like a sort of promotion sort of situation where the company captain will sort of give that give the nods like like yep he's doing well i approve of him and then the apothecary of the uh, of the chapter or a apothecary of the chapter will validate that the marine is, is strong enough. And then the chaplain will come in and, and obviously prove that they're, you know, that his soul is strong enough. So basically it's almost you're, you're getting validation and a, and a tick in the box from the, your captain, your apothecary and your chaplain to basically show that, you know, not only are you, skillful at dealing with the Xenos you are actually well-rounded and I suppose capable of stepping up to be the Death Watch you know knowing that it's a you know it's a you know if you think of the standards of the Space Marines this is a standard even above that so you know not anyone can just come along and do it the right people have to be part of the Death Watch um so effectively if they are you know good enough to do that they will then basically go to the Death Watch and say look we've this is this is brother johnny and johnny is is doing really well he's doing well in all the exams when it comes to xenos um we want to put him forward to be part of the death watch um and what's quite interesting at this point is that depending on what the chapter is they have different ways of doing that effectively Mm. because i suppose you've got to remember because it's a great honor obviously they they are glad in one sense because they're providing you know they're sort of almost like you know it's like uh yeah your your child getting a you know do getting a degree at university <laughs> like it's that proud moment you know and it's it's similar to that but effectively they're also sad at the same time because obviously they're losing uh, a brother that they probably won't see ever again even though theoretically the death watch is a temporary. Uh, position as Mm -hmm. such to be in it that can go on for x amount of time there's obviously a good chance they may never come back because either they're going to just be gone for so long or they may die so you know so obviously the rest of the chapter or particularly their you know company it would be quite sad about it so for example the ultramarines will show up in force to basically salute them away on a thunderhawk gunship um (laughs) dark angels being dark angels will go Okay, we're excited to see you go, but don't tell anyone about anything. <laughs> so keep our secrets in, in place. <laughs> you know, Dark Angels being paranoid there. But, you know, they've got, like I said, the point is that they all have different ways of dealing with it. I mean, how the Space Wolves do it, well, dread to think how they do it. Um, I imagine it would be, uh, you know, quite dangerous, really. So, uh, so then their armor becomes painted black, uh, again, to signify that they're probably never going to be seen again. Um, and then obviously that, at that point, uh, as well as obviously the other things, like obviously they're given the Death Watch shoulder pad, which obviously signifies they're part of it. And obviously they still keep the, uh, shoulder pad that, uh, signifies their chapter, which is basically to keep the machine, machine spirits happy and obviously mm. signify which chapter they're still part of. Um, effectively now, once they're part of the Death Watch, they go through it even more rigorous training regime that they did then obviously becoming a space Marine in the first place. And it always makes me laugh because I think, well, you know, when you read about the, the gray knights, you read about the custodians, everyone's just going through uh, like training and rigorous thinking, How rigorous are these trainers? Like there's always one that's even more rigorous than the one before. So, so effectively the death watch are going through a really hard one as you would imagine. And basically what, at this point, they're sort of being, um, I don't want to say brainwashed, but they're sort of Mm. being indoctrinated into, dealing like the only thing you care about now is killing aliens and what they do is they, they watch and see all the strengths and weaknesses of all the xenos to the point where they even see they witness space marines losing to xenos mm. like you know in, in in you know film format to sort of see right okay what could we do better because ultimately that experience and that, you know, those little points, you know, those little points of uh, picking out strengths and weaknesses are so crucial to making the death watch as good as, uh, as they are. So then basically once their training is done their whatever their previous rank was put aside, doesn't mean anything anymore. You're now part of a multi-chaptered kill team. Mm. And obviously the point of that is, as the whole theme is, it's about gaining experience. So you've, you imagine you've got these kill teams where basically no, no two Marines are from the same chapter. And obviously then, in turn, they pick up the strengths and the weaknesses of each other's chapters. But then mm-hmm. obviously the good thing is it generally, like it should do theoretically, make you a very well-rounded kill team. But then obviously you have rivalries, you know, Space Wolves and Dark Angels are at each other's throats, but not necessarily mm-hmm. in a bad way. You know, it's just, it's that... Uh, you know, like a lot, of, like I suppose when you see a lot of these, you know, these uh, military movies when they're obviously all that are, you know, rivals with each other. And then obviously they all become brothers at the end mm. of it. It's mm. basically that same sort of principle. Yeah. Um, and lastly, to talk about recruitment um, is Black Shields because Black Shields are quite a, quite a different thing compared to <laughs> everything else I've just spoken about. So basically at times a watchmaster or watch commander will be basically approached by, a space marine sort of almost out of the blue effectively where they'll be you know in there they'll be in power armor but they don't particularly have any you know chapter symbol or or hel- heraldry or anything like that so they're basically like almost like a blank space marine that doesn't you know that's not attached to a particular chapter that could be for many reasons it could be they were kicked out it could be the fact that they chose to leave it, it could be a lot more sinister reasons and effectively they go to join the Death Watch to, I suppose, repay whatever has happened before that as such. Mm. Um, And, you know, obviously in a way it's a bit of double-edged because obviously I suppose the the watch commander's thinking, well, why do I want you? If they didn't want you, why do I want you? But then the flip side is you need all the numbers you can get (laughs) when it comes to (laughs) Space Marines. So it's like any, you know, even if the help behind it, or the reasons, I should say, are behind it are a bit unknown – you know, mm. if it, if it's another body, it all helps to the, you know, sort of the greater good, basically. So, yeah, they're quite yeah. interesting as well. So, how are they organized, Cameron?
1: So, they are organized around small, elite companies. Wait, no, that's Space Marines in general. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, usually, uh, most Death Watch groups I'm going to use as the general... Is- uh, cool. oh, I mean, I guess I'll call it a Death Watch Company. A Death Watch Company is usually based in a watch fortress or a watch station. Uh There is... At the very top of the power structure, we have the watch commander, usually a watch master, so a, a chapter master equivalent in terms of sort of, like, authority and experience, but not actually a chapter master of the Death Watch as a whole. Uh They have a strategium staff of several librarians, some chaplains, usually... Well, not usually, but they can have dreadnoughts as well as part of the sort of strategic hierarchy. Sort of, you know, dred- dreadnoughts are not useful just because they're big lumbering war machines. They're also highly experienced, incredibly old <laughs> veterans. Um, while tech marines are entrusted with the armory, and then any subordinate watch captains look after the kill teams themselves. Each watch captain is assigned four death watch kill teams to essentially command as they see fit. Uh, and the watch captains get their order from the watchmaster, who gets his advice from librarians, dreadnoughts, tech marines, chaplains. Uh, so that, that is the sort of generic organization, uh, of how things work. Obviously, uh, you get some interesting, uh, because, of, because of how the de- nature of Death Watch kill teams is sort of this highly mutable specialists go where they need to, people learn different things, they get, experience with particular types of Xenos, so they get banded into certain groups, etc. Uh, things change around, so kill teams aren't set like a tactical squad for a normal space marine chapter. You work with those nine other space marines until you are no longer in a tactical squad, until you become a veteran, or you become a dreadnought, or you become dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but kill teams are very, very fluid. You know, we need a Tau specialist, we need a Tyranid specialist, or we need a sniper or we need a demolitions expert or whatever for these particular missions your the group you work with is constantly in shift and because of that, uh the kill teams are always named by which member of the command staff has leadership during that mission. So for example, usually if a say if a kill team is led by someone named Tadeus uh, is their usual watch captain overseeing them. Normally they are Kill Team Taddeus, But if they're suddenly dealing with sort of a chaos, corrupted Xenos threat, and one of the librarians, say Epistolary Gallius is his name, for example, needs to take over, they are no longer Kill Team Taddeus, they are now Kill Team Gallius. So the name of the squad is based on the commanding officer. Not necessarily the one on the field, uh, but the one pulling the strings overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, they have a whole bunch of specialist configurations, uh, that they go through. So, you know, they, as you said, they go through a lot of indoctrination and extra training on top of what Space Marines already have. Uh, but the most common one is the Akila tactic, which is sort of a wide spectrum offensive where they're free to roam around and essentially kill anything they find.
0: <laughs> they're a kill team,
1: it's <laughs> yeah. what they do best. Um, yeah. Oh, And, uh, the most famous version of the Akila Pattern kill team is kill team Cassius, uh, mm. by, led by Ultramarine's chaplain Cassius. Uh, fa- <laughs> famous example. Uh, I actually have a really old metal Cassius somewhere now that I think about it. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mind <mine> going off. <laughs> 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 uh, man. Uh, they also have specialist ranks. Uh, there are Death Watch Apothecaries who have it really rough uh, because... Every chapter is their own unique genetic snowflake, uh, and if you're working with a Death Watch, you have to know literally every single one of them, because what cures a space wolf could probably kill an Imperial Fist, and vice versa. <laughs> um, and, you know, they have specific requirements for their gene seeds, they have organs that work better or don't work, or work in entirely different ways, depending on mutation, or their Primarch's uh, proclivities. So it's interesting to be a Death Watch... Apothecary. Uh, they have assault marine specialists who train in close combat. You have a few of them built up uh, with their jump packs and chainswords. Uh, they have bikers. They have the brain. They have the black shields, which, as you said, are these mysterious marines. They cut ties with their former chapter. They're not actually allowed to ask about that. Like, uh, they're like, just, you're not tainted. Good. You want to work for Death Watch? Good. You can't think of any <laughs> other reason to kick you out good, you're in, go join a kill team. Um, <laughs> they have champions as well, who are sort of these veterans uh, amongst the kill teams. Uh, usually, if they do something really impressive, the, their watch captain will elevate them to champion status, but they can also gain that status through long-standing service, uh, a turn of the Emperor's Tarot, uh, if the if a card reading is required, and indicates that this marine is going to be very important for the future, uh, endeavor with the Death Watch. They're like, okay, make him a champion, give him better gear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have chaplains who, much like the apothecaries, have it really rough because a Death Watch chaplain has to cater for space wolves and dark angels, <laughs> often at the same time, uh, two very different chapters, entirely different cultures, and- it is the role of a Death Watch chaplain to know all those different cultures and be able to comfort and connect with marines from any background, which is really crazy when you think about it. That's a lot. There's a th- there's literally a thousand chapters. That's a, that's a lot of learning to do. There's more than a thousand now. There's a whole bunch of primary chapters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, you, you have all the other variations. You've got Death Watch Devastators, Death Watch, uh, like I said, Assault Marines, Bikers, uh, Vehicle Specialists in general. You can technically get Death Watch Dreadnoughts, I know because you've got one, but they are actually, they are exceedingly rare. First off, someone has to be fatally injured in a situation where you can actually retrieve them before they die properly. Second, you've got to be able to get them in the life support pod back to the Watch Fortress. Third, you've got to get permission from their chapter to say, oh, Brother, brother, so and so's able to be put into a dreadnought. Great. When's he coming home? And go, no, no, we want to keep him. And they go, oh, (laughs) right, yes. And then finally, obviously, the dreadnought, uh, dreadnought pilot, I guess, themselves has to be willing to effectively, (laughs) because they've essentially died and been reborn, they get to renew their vows to the Death Watch. And, but Hmm. now it is a service in perpetuity. If you, if you become a Death Watch dreadnought, you don't leave the service effectively. Yeah. yeah. There's, no, sort of there's no, there's no, yeah. there's no going back to your chapter at that point. Um, um, mm. I mean, I guess I assume on your chapters on a roll, you're marked as dead in battle. Mm. And
2: go,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of a, a Black Watch squad, effectively. Uh, uh, you can have librarians. You can have veterans, which is interesting. So like, this is the interesting part because all Death Watch Marines are kind of by default veterans. <laughs> But then you have yep. Death Watch veterans, which are the Death Watch Marines who have served long and well enough to have everyone go, yeah, no, he, he is a cut above the rest. He deserves to be <laughs> given veteran status in this veteran chapter consisting only of veterans. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like, veteran squared. Yeah, it, it, it's a bit ridiculous, <laughs> but like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, th- th- there's room for advancement in the Death Watch as well. Uh, wh- while you serve, Tech Marines can become Forge Masters, and wh- when or if they go back to their chapters, they are recognized as sort of reaching that rank. Same with Librarians. Uh, you have Death Watch Keepers, which is a unique rank. Uh, these are essentially the Death Watch Bouncers. <laughs> they they guard the prisons where they keep where's captured Xenos are kept. They also guard areas that are off limit to regular Death Watch members. They basically just stand there, look intimidating, and say, "No, brother, you're not permitted to come in here." <laughs> uh They uh they have authority to block people's passage to the point where Inquisitors are not allowed to pass without written edict by the Watchmaster. Like the, these guys will stop a Lord Inquisitor and go, "No, you you don't have enough authority here." Which is yes. ironic and hilarious, because they meant to have infinite authority, etc, etc. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, there are kill marines, who are sort of really interesting as well. Kill marines are solo Death Watch marines. Uh, as in, it's not a big enough threat to send a kill team of five people, but it is a threat. So we're going to send one guy. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you can imagine, if the Death Watch is sending one guy one hell of a guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the idea is like things that would seem to be inconsequential often have consequences or they can be harbingers of greater threats. Um, actually, if, apparently scout sergeants often make the cut to be kill marines with little extra training because they are used to working more independently as leaders of scout mm-hmm. squads. And so... yeah. Yeah, if they get seconded to the Death Watch, they often go, okay, cool, we're not actually going to put you in a kill team, you just need to drop pod in solo, kill this one Tyranid that's on the planet, grab it, bring it back, that's all you need to do. That kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's a Lictor on this planet, we're just getting rid of that right now, we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, most Death Watch marines are tactical marines of some regard, obviously, They have a variety of specialties at this point, but they fall under the umbrella of tactical marine, uh, slash veteran, uh, tech marines exist, Vanguard veterans exist, watch captains, are, ironically enough, like the lieutenant equivalent, I
0: guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of an odd one.
1: Yeah. Like in, in terms of hierarchy, they are the lieutenants of the death watch organizational structure because the captain equivalent is the watch master uh th- this is where death watch being super elite gets confusing because effectively a group of 30 death watch marines is the equivalent of like a full company or even a full chapter <laughs> in terms of yeah. hierarchy because it's like yeah they work on their own they will they may never interact with another watch fortresses death watch marines yeah they're just going to sit okay. in their sector do their job
0: <laughs> and what, what makes it what makes it confusing is that often the watch commander of a of a of the can be a watchmaster, Like the watchmaster mm. is actually the watch commander. It's yeah. a, it shows you in the codex now that yeah. that's actually the hierarchy. It's a bit of a weird one because it, it sounds like they're two separate roles, mm. which they sort of are. But often the watchmaster is the watch. Commander, so they end up being like the chapter master equivalent and Mm. then the captains end up being captain equivalents. But like you said, if there's a watch commander and then a watch master, then basically the watch captains sort of are the equivalent of lieutenants. Yeah. (laughs) Sort of everyone gets pushed down one. It's a bit of a weird sort of setup really. Look, the the boss
1: the boss's boss has decided to come in today. Everyone do something (laughs) less important than you were doing ten minutes ago. Look busy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's the basics of their structure. They're essentially this conglomeration of very specialised, very experienced marines under the command of Mm -hmm. even more specialised and even more experienced marines. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um, And... Oh, well, that's well. Sort of ties in nicely. The hierarchy is their sort of no, notable units and war gear. I mean, again, like Cameron said, there's they, they got plenty, but sort of, <coughs> we're going to highlight some of the uh, you know the, the prominent ones that uh, you may or may not know about. So, um, the, what the one thing to know about, especially when it comes to the war gear side of things, is that like like you would imagine, it's all all built to kill Xenos. So effectively mm. what they what they do, which I think is really neat and sort of plays into it nicely is the fact that when a marine joins the Death Watch, they can basically either use their old stuff or use the sort of standard new stuff that comes to them as being part of the death watch. So if they're happy with their old gear, their old power armor because it's what they are used to, it's a, you know, it's basically a situation of, you know, you do you, you know, if you, if you mm. want to carry on using your old gear, you use it. If it, you know, you don't have to use what we give you, but it's there if you want it. Um, and obviously that's led to the same when it comes to like the Primaris, obviously now being added to, to their forces as well. So it's, it's, that's why you get this such this massive variety of war gear amongst kill teams and amongst, you know, various parts of the Death Watch, because they effectively, uh, you know, do you use what's the best to get the job done? And obviously mm. off the back of that, it means that basically they have generally the best gear available to them in, in in basically the whole part of the Imperium, to be fair. They've got the biggest... Mm you know biggest uh, reservoirs of weapons and uh, and war gear imagin- imaginable to them so it's you know mm. obviously all to their advantage um so sort of talking about notable units obviously cameron's spoken about the veterans like i said that you know these are the most effective xenos killers there's hunt they've been through hundreds of battles they're strong in their soul to basically and in obviously mind as well um What's also quite interesting about them, which is obviously a bit more recent lore, is that they are also being used to analyse the Primaris as well. So Mm. since the Primaris have been added to the Death Watch and obviously been added to, you know, the Imperium in general, that what the the old Marines are doing, the the firstborn, depending on (laughs) what you want to call them... um, they've been basically, they're not spying on the primaris. They're just, all Mm. they're doing is that what with fighting with the primaris, they're basically reporting back almost like in a data format to watch, you know, watch masters, watch commanders sort of say, you know, to show Mm. how efficient, they are and obviously just to, you know, sort of formulate how they're going to, how best to use them. Cause obviously that's, you know, the whole part of the way the death watch work. Um, talking of watch commanders and watch masters, like I said earlier, they can be often one and the same thing. They're this sort of chapter master slash. You know, <laughs> captain, com- um, sort of combination, depending on how things go. But basically, they're there to be to be the knowledge to keep the Xenos at bay. They can, they've got a lot of power. They can access Inquisition archives if they choose to. Um, even though in theory they are, you know, seconded to the Death Watch, just like every other Death Watch marine effectively they never leave their post they, they, they literally yeah. is a one one way journey they'd ever go back because there's just too much too much importance on them too much knowledge for them to turn around and go back to their original chapter mm-hmm. um they and you know from an arm and uh, arm and get, get my words like war mm-hmm. gear point of view um words are difficult uh they're basically armed with a uh, a guardian spear like you'd see with the adeptus custodes but they're that cool they get to use one of them as well um and they're also basically armed with what's called a clavis which is basically a wrist mounted device which can basically unleash machine spirits uh it's, this is technology going back to the dark age of technology uh mm. that basically can, can take control of machines and doors and things like that so which is Okay. I mean, that's just badass, yeah. isn't it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of their sort of most prominent units you'll probably see, especially on the tabletop, is the Corvus Black Star. That's basically mm-hmm. their equivalent of their little stealth jet fighter. Uh, it's basically a combat aircraft that's stealthy, but also heavily armed, which is a lovely combination. Yes. Uh, basically, yes. what one interesting fact is death the Death Watch pretty much have literally every single aircraft that's ever been used in their in their sort of library of, uh, of vehicles, <laughs> uh, but this the Corvus Blackstar just just excels at what they do. It's just you know, mm. despite having all these other aircraft, it, they might as well use a Corvus because it's just it just suits their method of, uh, of yeah. fighting basically you know this yeah. combination of speed maneuvering uh, and you know armed with you know to the teeth uh, it's piloted by a tech marine uh, which is basically has been linked literally linked to the machine spirit of the, so basically they don't end up flying any other black stars they only fly oh. the one that they yeah. they're, they're linked to um i'm you know and talking about weapons you know, they're armed with like t- either twin assault cannons or last cannons. Blackstar rocket launchers, which have basically got different rockets like the Corvid and the Dracos. Uh, they've got the Blackstar cluster launcher, which is basically this way it can just rain down projectiles. Uh, they can spread out decoys if they're being sort of basically, you know, tailed by another aircraft. And um, what's quite cool, that's if they spread out this decoy, it's called the Wings of the Sky Angel. That's what the, uh, <laughs> the locals call it, which is really cool as well. Wow. Um Going back to the kill teams um, and something that Cameron touched upon about their sort of different tactics. Uh, fundamentally, they have six different tactics. They've got the Aquila, which is what Cameron mentioned. That It's basically, like I said, a, j- uh, a jack-of-all uh, mixed chapters. Uh, you know, it's your you know, the most popular and generic kill team that you can see. You've got the, the fervor, or um, I think, no, the Fur- fural. sorry, get my word, sorry. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, these are the kill teams that are based around killing hordes. So, you know, you're fighting your orcs, you're fighting your your gene stealers. These are the ones that you would get in. They basically fire stuff from range there. So they'll be armed with, like, the Infernus, Heavy Bolters, Frag Cannons, uh, Lightning Claw Terminators, just basically mm-hmm. what can get rid of hordes. Uh You've got the Venator. That's basically the ones that deal with, like, the speedy xenos mm-hmm. basically so you know your eldar jet bikes and things like that the ones where they you know they're just naturally fast so they're so basically you find that Venator kill teams are basically made mainly of bikers and terminators mm-hmm. uh you got the the perjitus which is basically they're the i suppose the equivalent of the warlord assassins so they're they're uh basically led by a librarian so a librarian will take them in find the enemy warlord kill him. Yeah, you know, cut cut them off mm. of their head basically yeah. you've got the uh, malleus so the, that's the basically the monster and tank slaying type kill team so they're armed with like melter plasma weapons terminators thunder hammers that sort of mm. thing really so basically to yeah. take out that sort of enemy and lastly you've got the dominant domitus uh which is the they're the ones that basically study xenos so they're there to almost do research as they fight um mm. so they often get in quite they get up close and personal so they're armed with like shotguns inferno pistols and they got like the best swordsmen of the death watch as well so really cool i really yeah. like the different tactics and all got the, all for different <laughs> uh methods um and so just to finish off with all the you know the prominent types of war gear you've got um one that they're often always generally armed with which is the bio bio scryer cuff that's basically a relay that shows you different xenos threats and obviously like their health and things like that uh you've got the iconic death watch frag cannon so basically this is like a big close range uh cannon that fires adamantium shells that basically burst into shrapnel that's why they're perfect for dealing with things like hordes uh you've got the death watch shotgun i mean everyone knows what a shotgun (laughs) is but they're they're armed with different shells like the crypt clearer and the worm's breath again for all for dealing with different types of xenos uh, you've got what I mentioned earlier, the Infernus heavy bolter. I mean, it's a combi weapon. It's half heavy bolter, half flamer. <laughs> that is cool. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just no way around it. Uh, and what's really cool about them as well is they, they, they're basically, they're attached with ma- magnetic discs, which basically make them lighter to hold and wield. Mm-hmm. So effectively, they can just wield them yeah. just like a bolter, basically. Um, yes. one of the, uh, probably the, one of the most iconic bits of, their war gear is the special issue ammunition the sia so basically because they got to deal with all these different threats they've got you know it's a bit like uh judge Dredd in his uh his gun you know he goes right i want this ammo in it and i'm gonna fire it at these two particular type of xenos so you've got basically the crack and bolts which are basically adamantium core uh bullets which are basically to punch through out things like armor you've got vengeance rounds which are basically contained with unstable plasma cores which are generally to take out uh chaos space marines fundamentally that's why they're called vengeance rounds uh you've got hellfire rounds they're basically biocorrosive to basically melt the enemy inside uh, and, and lastly you've got dragon fire bolts these are combustible gas that basically burst in the air to take out basically enemies in cover so they've got all mm. these different types of ammo for all different situations um You've got the Zeno uh, phase blade. Uh, you'll see that often on the uh, in the kill teams, often on their like their sergeants. Basically, that's uh, similar to you know what you'd see a Caladus uh, assassin have. It basically it's a blade that can go through like force fields and and like wards and things like that. Uh, I've already mentioned the Clavis, and probably lastly, I mean it, it is what it says it is. It's a heavy heavy thunder hammer. You know, they've got, uh, you know, an upgraded, bigger, badder version of it, which is Mm. really cool. So they're kitted. Don't get them wrong. (laughs) And lastly, Cameron, do you want to tell us where they like to hang out?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So much like Superman, the Death Watch reside in a lonely fortress, but not of solitude. This is a watch fortress. (laughs) Oh god. Um. Yeah. So effectively, these are a number of remote stations scattered across the galaxy. Uh, they are not present in Imperial records. Just in case any foul alien managed to hack into the Inquisition's files, I guess. Uh. These are these are essentially sort of space de- spaceborn sovereign domains for the different Watch commanders. Uh, they have entire authority within the fortress and the fortresses. I guess area where they work Um then... not my brain's coming up blank for the actual term for that ba- basically <laughs> uh, basically they've uh they've got absolute absolute power within that area to purge alien threats as they see fit, as they see fit. Mm-hmm. yep yeah uh, they they basically uh operate under a shroud of secrecy they're hidden sentinels uh sometimes they have a specific threat that they are monitoring uh Castillos Nullifact watches for the rise of Necron dynasties in the Ultima Segmentum, and Fort Pikeman monitors the Ghoul Stars and the areas beyond them, so some some are very, are in certain areas for very specific reasons. Uh, others are also just, uh, they're there to keep watch over a general sector, sort of an area of space that there's nothing particularly wrong yet. Uh, I feel this is, the, <laughs> this is the point there. Um, the, the, those, are uh, those ones that aren't targeting a specific threat generally are smaller and are usually called watch stations instead of watch fortresses. Uh, watch stations usually have a handful of Death Watch battle brothers, maybe only a kill team and its commander. Uh, whereas a watch fortress play host, plays, can play host to entire companies of, uh, Death Watch, which are 30 or more marines effectively. Uh, the, these are all space stations bristling with weapon, weaponry. Uh, now, things have gone a little difficult for them recently because <laughs> the Great Rift happened. Yay. <laughs> uh, Yay. And, 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 what happens when no one knows your space station is there and a warp rift opens directly on top of it? <laughs> uh, no one shows up to help you is the answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a, a bunch of watch fortresses have been cut off in the Dark Imperium. Others are literally inside the Cicatrix Maledictum itself. Just holding out as best they can. They're doing everything they can to make sure that their long vigil is not interrupted by this galaxy destroying event that's going on. They're like, nah, listen. I know there's a lot of chaos going on, but we've got to keep an eye out for the aliens as well. We'll fight the Chaos <laughs> Marines everywhere. But keep, uh, keep my eye on those, on the on those mine workers on the planet over there. Uh, I don't know about them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so essentially this is, it, It is the equivalent of a bunch of sort of like fortress monasteries of normal space marine chapters that have just been turned into space stations and then just sort of scattered across the galaxy to keep an eye on everything, which is a tall order. And obviously they can't actually realistically do that, but they do their best. And that's what's important. They're doing their best to keep (laughs) them safe. Yeah. I mean, they they generally do a pretty good job. I would say it is just, you can't, you can't build a watch station literally everywhere. There's not enough Marines.
0: No, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the thing with the Death Watch. They're, you know, they're like everything that's elite. You know, there's only so many of them to go around and there's only so much area they can cover. You know, ultimately they're there to deal with the Xenos, but they're, at the same time, they can't deal with everything and they don't have the muscle power to, Mm. like I said earlier, to deal with it in force. It's like it's nipping it at the bud before it gets (laughs) bigger. And then obviously it does get bigger, then that's when, you know, bigger forces come into play but you know, they're there to sort of do that job and they've been doing it for a while now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this little overview of the Death Watch. I know, they, like I said, they've been around for a little while, but, you know, it's actually nice to know what they... Uh, how they were formed or potentially were formed, depending on who you speak to. And obviously, <laughs> they think how they go about their methods, but I love them. I mean, I'm biased at the moment because I'm building them at the moment. So it's, <laughs> but, uh, they're very cool. I mean, space, space marine spec ops. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so,
1: uh, also, yeah, sorry, Karen. Uh, breaking news. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, the, the blog post that from, 10.30, was updated with some quotes from uh, Phil Kelly about the Auric War Clans. Uh, apparently, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, you can, if you play the Great War Allegiance, uh, you can sort of harness and eventually unleash War energy as sort of a mini-game as part of your allegiance abilities, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from rules writer Sam Pearson on the Cities of Sigmar Battle Tome, uh, you get to do things like pick a retinue and personal advisor for your general, uh, which is, is awesome. Cool. Uh, and also, all the background in the Cities of Sigmar book was written by Nick Horth, with additional short stories by Josh Reynolds, which, yes, please.
0: That is a Ooh. great combination. I met that I is. met Nick Horth at uh, Warhammer Fest, and mm. he is a good guy, and he does good stuff. Oh, and obviously, <laughs> Josh Reynolds. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and
1: gurison is out in the wild uh, his model has been spotted presumably hunting for tank which good yes <laughs> that, that that is a that is a long-running feud honestly <laughs> yeah. at this point yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, and there could be more breaking news, you know, before we finish. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, it's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Well, we'll, we'll take a break to, to sort of, you know, ease ourselves and come to terms with all the great things that we're seeing today. Um, and then when we're back, we're going to have a little chat about war cry. we're back we're back to talk about war cry like we promised Yay. and just have a like i said have a little chat about it sort of see what how we're feeling about it at the moment mm. maybe what we'd like to see to you know come in the future things that sort of thing really i mean obviously we're going to talk about war cry in more depth probably uh, well i think two episodes time mm. we'll probably be looking to cover the law that's you know behind What's happening at the eight points and things like that. So, but yeah, you know, we thought we'd just have a little, little mosey on and a chat about it, and see what's going on. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so obviously we're on. You know, we're a couple of weeks away from it coming out as of now, mm-hmm. and obviously it's looking, you know, very tasty. And um, I mean, you know, so what, Cameron? Where what you sort of, where do you think it's going to head as time goes on? You know, mm. after the after the release.
1: Like, part of me feels this is all a plot. To really, really <laughs> set up Chaos as the next big bad, eventually, Nature Sigma, and it's going to build up mm-hmm. they're like, your Warcry, Warband goes through all these things. Yeah, we get Warcry Warlords or something, and we start introducing heroes and stuff. Kind of, kind of, I've, I'm seeing progression along, like, the kill team scale of things. So, you know, we'll get Warcry Warlords where you can bring, like, Chaos heroes and stuff into the fray. But not necessarily, like, Chaos and Lord levels, but, like, maybe the champions and things like that I think it would be interesting to see designs for those for each of the war bands and then we might get a might get sort of a, a build up of story towards this is this is like pressure building at the all points all these people are flocking there to sort of go and serve Archeon they all want to serve him all he has to do is come down and say you're all good enough go die sieging the gates of Azir for me now please um <laughs> like yeah <laughs> I'm not sure if it will. I'm not 100 percent sure it'll it'll be like a big story build-up thing. I kind of really want it to be, but if not, I feel it will be like. I'm pretty sure it's going to be heavily supported. We're going to we know we're getting at least two more unrevealed warbands coming with uh the Axie and the 8.0 point Varan Spire ones with the uh the Spire Tyrants and the Sons of Flame. So yeah, yeah I, I really feel they might. Because the kill teams being massively, stupidly successful. Um, <laughs> honestly, it, it's a bit ridiculous. So I feel they'll go along the lines of, like, bring in some heroes and then bring in some more magic users, because, like, as it is, I'm pretty sure only the leaders of Nagash get a magic user, because they can take a Necromancer. Um and then maybe bring in some more elite or big monsters or something like that and eventually build it up to... It's still this little skirmish game on a little board, but it has a much bigger variety of, like, units and plans and mm. tactics. And, like, really, the sky's the limit. Um, what's what's <laughs> interesting is, like, all the battle plans have, like, set terrain, so they can just release... Yes. They can bundle up and release terrain boxes, like, near endlessly... And just be like, you could set it up like this, or like that, or like this, or like that, and really change things up as well uh, with all these different terrain sets. Because, I mean, I guess there's nothing stopping you from ignoring that and placing the terrain however you want, but I feel it adds yeah. a lot of depth to have both like set mission style stuff, like kilting missions, but also set terrain that you can then mix and match between for a bunch of different combinations of how games play out. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel I feel it's got some l- longevity in it, and if they keep pumping out new warbands with this level of design, I'm into it. So
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I can I echo some of those thoughts. So I think I think in in long term, I think it'll be probably more supported than Kill Team at times mm-hmm. because I think the one advantage it's got over Kill Team is it's still got a chance of having anything you really want to put into it because obviously at the moment Kill Team is based purely on existing models existing factions etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. it's obviously you're taking what you already have and you're then you know basically getting a rule book and, and playing a different game off it whereas obviously with war cry' it's based you know at the moment it's based around unique mm. models that are to this so obviously you do have the non chaos factions but that's just more of a convenience i think as well yeah. um I said, you could, you know, it's again, it's similar to like, you know, like Necromunda and things like that. They can just roll out what they want. They go, yeah, well, here's a new war, war band from this realm. The, you know, this is what they are. They're the Eldar chicken farmers. <laughs> you know, you can be whatever <laughs> wherever oh, you want us to be. Oh, um, don't tempt me. But no, but the, the prince. I'll, run, I'll <laughs> run that war band. <laughs> <laughs> I know you would. I just, but well, that's the thing. I think that they've got, you know, they've got variety and on their side. And I think it's, again, similar to the whole AOS thing where, you know, like you said, the sky's the limit. They can do what they want with this. Mm. Um, you know, they, and I mean, obviously from a model perspective, but also the way it plays, to be honest, you know, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. sure we'll get similar things that you've seen with Kill Team. You know, we've had commanders, elites, arena, you, you know, you will get similar sort of things in this. Mm. Um, but I think like I said, the advantage of variety on its side it will be massive at the end of the day because oh, yeah. let's be honest, there's that that's what will buy people in because you know, that, like I said earlier, when we're covering the news, you may see a war band that just, that, you know, or you may look at all the war bands and just not see something you like. Nothing really like, Oh, I, I like the idea about this, but there's just not a war band for me. Mm. But, you know, X amount of time, there could be one that's down the, you know, down the line that you really, really like. It just sort of ticks your boxes and you're like, mm-hmm. right, that's it. I'm in now, you know, and, and on you go really. So, um, you know, I know, you know, with the simplifying of the rules, again, I don't consider that a bad thing, but then they can just add more cards. Here you go. Here's some new battle plan cards. Here's some new victory conditions. Here's some new twists. The fact that they've, they've done what we were sort of, Hoping in other things, you remember when we said about? I think we were talking about forty k about mm. bringing monsters back, where yeah. you're know, having a battlefield and just random monsters. You've got that where they mm. can they can add more chaos monsters or or anything. You yeah. can have a load of you know mutated Griffhounds, you know oh, that, that they just yes. throw in. You know you can have anything mm-hmm. you want really with this. And I think as long as the the rules are solid, which you know again I've only watched a video and you know. It, that's different to actually playing it so i think once we've all played it we'll have a bit more uh yeah. comment on this but i i think as long as the rules are solid um you know go crazy with it and hopefully that's what it will do um and i think if it sells well which i think it will it'll be like kill team i yeah. think that it'll encourage people uh, to sort of jump ship from, you know, from 40k to AOS. Cause I think that sort of did happen with kill team where there's people that are into AOS, but don't really want to get into 40k. Oh, kill team. Yes. I can get a squad together off. Mm. I play. So yeah. I think it's the same principle. Um Yeah. I, I, I Do you think, do you think now they've got this and now you've got skirmish sort of being a thing, but obviously sort of being in the background and obviously you've got, Warhammer Underworlds which I know I was told at Warhammer Fest that it's not the same thing but you know it's it's yeah. another small yeah. AOS related game so I, I, can, I put them in the same thing. Do you think this will be now it for a while? We'll sort of not see anything else like this from an AOS perspective. From an AOS
1: I mean, perspective I think so. Like it's pretty full. You have the super small I would say super tactical skirmish in Underworlds where you know there's deck building and there's you know strict placement rules like you can only deploy in these squares there's a very like it feels to me like Underworlds is the super competitive play you know exactly what your opponent can do with the models they have and you know well you don't know exactly what they're bringing with their cards but you have a rough idea because <laughs> like there are, there are a set limit of cards and there's certain cards that can't be taken more than once etc etc that all that kind of stuff that there, there it is very set loadout style stuff, but it still has some versatility to make your own. Uh, Warcry is, I feel, the looser skirmish is played on a bigger board, you measure things in inches, there's not hexes to move. Um, like There there are set loadouts for models, which is what they are modeled with, but like, you can make it much more your own, like It it doesn't say the ogre breacher's name is Krog. You must name him Krog and say, I move Krog five inches, whatever. It's like, no, you you name him whatever (laughs) you damn well want. He's your ogre breacher. Uh, that kind of thing. Like, and it hits, it hits sort of the kill team level of you can customize this and make it yours as long as it's still recognizable what it does, which is fine. Um, yeah, I can't, they can't really go any looser because going even looser, you just have the Age of Sigma skirmish. Mark's rules from White Dwarf, which are just updated to basically say, "Hey, you can't take the gash in a skirmish game <laughs> unless you really want to and everyone agrees." Uh, <laughs> but like, I feel, hmm, I feel like this will definitely be it for um, for Age of Sigma smaller level yeah. games for a bit. Like especially because yeah, I think I think you're right. They've just done a what is it meeting engagement in the uh, general's handbook, yeah. which is like standardizing thousand point play instead of two thousand point play. So like yeah I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. Um, yeah,
0: no, I think you're right.
1: Yeah, I, I would say there's like room in forty k for an underworlds equivalent, which would be interesting. Mm-hmm. But apart yeah. from that, like it feels it feels pretty full up. Apart from maybe that overall. So yeah. yeah.
0: No, no, I think you're right. I think I think the only thing I could see happening is where maybe they potentially either cull skirmish or they rebrand it mm. where they sort of basically turn it into maybe a more modern version of Mordheim, really where yeah. they think you know what? Yeah. You've got you've got you've got Underworlds which is a you know a board game card game with miniatures. You've got Warcry which is similar, you know, similar to Kill Team. It's quite structured, you know, you've got Mm. things, whereas, you you know, the only thing is, like, which Skirmish sort of is, where it's a bit looser, you know, it's just get a few models together, you can do campaigns. I know you can do that with Warcry, but obviously it's a bit more restricted, where, you know, more of a narrative, you know, RPG type thing, which what Mordheim Mm. had, you know, based in it. So that's the one thing they could do you yeah know, that's a, yeah. i'm not saying they will but i just think that they but you'd have to me you'd have to cull or rebrand skirmish i don't think there's yeah, room for that as well because yeah. otherwise skir- no one will play skirmish it would no, just be no. <laughs> dead in the water yeah. really so i, I you know, would i but, would
1: actually really love that actually but literally literally take the more time rules they're great they're fine update them for age of sigma factions and just let it loose yeah. that's all you need to do
0: yeah yeah it, i mean it, it's wanted because let's be honest when you see stuff about Warcry at the moment people you know one of the things that when the rules mm. started appearing in the last few days that's right is it like mordheim and it's like uh no mm. <laughs> so you know it's obviously what let's be honest it wasn't going to be anyway but no. it you know but people are still wanting it so mm. it's yeah you know, it's one of those things where you know i there's still um there's still definitely a market out there for it it's yeah. just whether yeah. gw want to you mm. know go that route or like may if, not if, you know it may, if, may be, never be a thing
1: it feels like there kind of is the possibility for it because Games Workshop keeps making these strides towards more narrative, more cinematic, more customizable to a degree forms of gameplay. Like There's always been narrative play and all that, like just do whatever you want, but like kill team, you customize the kill team, how they look, you name them all, you can build the narrative around a campaign. Literally all they're lacking is literally going, here's a set list of items for your faction, here's when a fighter can pick something from that list, you know, here's when they mm-hmm. can pick this special skill. And then like, if you, if they, they have to be able to be modeled with it. That's all. Like do conversions. I, I did more time way back. I did like a Skaven one. It was great. I made a bunch of guys <laughs> with slings and I ran around and my assassins <laughs> kept dying from falling off roofs because of course they did. <laughs> But, like, a a massive part of the fun of that was thinking up my own warband and changing things Mm. around and then going and converting and building them. And as they grew and they changed their gear and they got special skills, clipping little bits off the model, changing things out, or, in particular cases, getting an entirely new model because they had changed that much. (laughs) It's like... People really want that super customizable, super narrative, and like investment-heavy thing. I think is what people really crave, yeah. which is why Mordheim yeah, keeps getting brought up because that's what Mordheim was. You you were invested in your warp band. It was really really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Literally literally just update yeah. it. Call it. I mean hell, call it. um Call it Shade Spire. You can do it yeah. like that. Just yeah, change the uh, change the warpstone for shade glass. That's literally mm-hmm. all you have to do to make it fit.
0: <laughs> yeah no you're right There, there is that definitely needed thing out there where they there's because obviously i think from what i've read with war Cries, some people are disappointed because of the simplicity of it and again that's a perfectly valid argument because it depends mm. which way it, that applies to you whereas like i said there is a core amount of people out there like I said, that want something quite meaty where it's like mm. this is my war band and you're not you know you're not beholden to cards and mm. things like that we don't know i kit them with what i want they're going, you know, they got they're given a name. They're going to get different gear over the next six months as me and my, you know, friends mm. all play, every, you know, semi regularly, and you know, and it all evolves. Um, and again, it may be a thing because I suppose the one advantage that kill, uh, sorry. WarCry has over kill team is the law because in the mm. sense that kill team is just a thing brought together it's, it is a game in the sense that it's you know it's uh, there's no real story behind it it's just pick a team they they happen to be both investigating something there and they end up fighting each other whereas obviously with WarCry it's based around the Varan Spire it's based around the eight points you know there's actual law behind it why they're there and obviously they've done you know there's a, a slight novelization that's off the back of it now and things like that. So that's the advantage that Warcry has going forward at least is that mm. with future expansions they could do something. They could similar to what we've seen with um Warhammer Underworlds where they do a new kit, you know, go, Right, here you go. Here's Night Vault. Here's the the new thing. Mm. Or like they did even on a bigger scale, like they did with Soul Wars, go, Right, here we go. It's all moved forward. And they could do that with Warcry to a degree, where they go, Right, okay, we're now properly fleshing it out with, you know, because something's happened in the eight points. You know, because mm. it, it, to me, and it's sort of similar to what you said earlier about obviously tying it in with what happens with chaos going forward, that, you know, obviously we know that there's a, not that we know, but there's obviously a good chance Slaves to Darkness ever chosen could be a thing soon, like properly, I'll get mm. his new battle tome, etc., etc. Um But, we, we, you know, what is Ar- Archeon doing at the mo- moment? Like, you know, I mean, he seemed for such, mm. for such impact he had in the world that was, he's not really you know comparatively at the moment he's sort of not really doing much yeah <laughs> like, you know for yeah. how big he is he needs to be to me he needs to be brought back into the the forefront along with everything else and obviously that could be a thing you know mm. in in due course and i think if they link it all with the lore you know they could flesh it out you could even in a weird way you could even see like almost like a um like an expansion for war cry where they do more time it where they sort of you know you know what we're not going to create a new game mm. purely for it because we've already got this Established game, but you know if you know like similar to Arena with Kill Team. You know what you want competitive tournament type Kill Team. Mm. Here you go. Here's Arena, and I mean I don't know, but I've been told it's a very solid way of playing Kill Team. And they could do that again with War Cry. I go right. You want a meaty, you know RPG ish sort of way of playing it. Here you go. Here's an expansion called mm. whatever, and you know go off. But if you want a simple way of playing it, you've got it already there because that's the way. It plays already, mm. so yeah. Who knows? <laughs> it's all exciting, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> and very, I, very. And exciting. I think I'm going to spend the rest of the day working out what I'm going to buy, <laughs> what mm. I'm going to order because I'm still in very two minds of <laughs> what to get. But we'll see. Yes. Um, yes. Cool. Okay. I think yeah. that's a nice, nice point to end it. Um, we're all very excited for Warcry, um, and hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's been, as always, a pleasure. And as I, we echoed at the start, mm. thank you very much for all your support and how, you know, all the downloads we've got and et cetera, et cetera. So like I said, look out for a, a competition in due course, probably next episode, very likely. Mm. Um, actually talking to next episodes, um, because of the way things are being released, um, we're going to sort of flip things probably for the next couple of episodes because obviously traditionally at the moment we're doing an AOS main topic And then a 40K discussion, and then flip it for the next episode, and then keep alternating. Mm. Whereas, probably what we're going to do now is next episode, we'll do the Chaos Knights Codex as the main, and then obviously an AOS um, discussion. And then the one after that, um, we'll go to do the Warcry lore, and then a 40K. So, we're effectively going to do almost two 40K ones in a row, and then do an AOS. So, it'll just, but we'll, it's just the way things are going (laughs) from a release point of view but there's going to be both games in there. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Cameron, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. that's night without a K, although I should consider changing that at this point. I think, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Come, uh, come have a quick chat with me. I'm sure I can answer any questions related to where bits go on the new night kit. That's about all i got at this point, honestly. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to properly pet a cat so it doesn't leave a six inch gash down your side. I don't know. Uh, I'm not, nice. I'm not an ex- I'm not an expert there, clearly. Uh, but I, <laughs> yeah. uh, how about yourself, Matthew?
0: You can also find me on that Twitter at Ninja Badger seven, uh, or you can find the podcast at realm and ruin on Twitter. Well, as well, that's the way we mm-hmm. generally speak to the world about mm-hmm. Warhammer, which is pretty much all the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'll catch you in a bit on the next one and speak soon. Bye. Ta ra.